0: everybody, and welcome to the MinMax Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. Thank you for being here. My name is Ben Hansen. I'm joined by Leo Vader. Thanks, ma'am. And a post-break, Sarah Podzorski.
1: So refreshed.
0: So, honestly, do you feel refreshed in any way after this break? No. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> it's definitely exactly. definitely feels like I'm strapped to the wheel again. It's weird.
0: I I, I am kind of in the same boat where obviously this job is a privilege it's awesome but i think i was expecting to come in like ready right, right to go i'm so eager to talk but it turns out you get used to any groove you're in if your groove is podcasting every day that's your groove and you're going to feel exactly the same as you do every day if your groove is sitting on a couch reading gone girl which i did which i don't recommend doing right before getting married uh, that's just your groove right you're just locked into a zone and so it doesn't really feel like this triumphant thing for listeners however we never really left, but for us, we last time we recorded together was January seventeenth. I think was we did, when we did the grand finale for the two tens, December seventeenth. That's right. Thank you. And speaking of, it's been a while because I guess we were. Uh Suriel Vasquez back on the show.
2: Hello. This is my first time back on the main show. We did uh deepest dive recording yesterday, in fact.
0: I know. Yeah, so we did uh we just finished off the deepest dive on Halo Infinite's campaign. Uh Serial Vasquez was on that. Jeffum, Kyle Hilliard, uh Wade Wojcik, who we cannot kiss his ass enough because all of us finished the Halo campaign. I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holograms. Something was going on there. And then Wade just cracked open the Halo thesaurus and just explained everything in the most beautiful way. So you can check out the Deepest Dive in Halo Infinite uh on our YouTube channel or you can unlock the podcast version over on Patreon of course as well. Uh do you enjoy getting back in the podcasting groove there, surreal
2: Yeah, it was fun. It was fun uh being able to to talk to to Wade. I like just listening to his like lore dives, I think was was awesome. Just seeing like ha- here's the context that you need to figure out. Uh, this game's very elaborate and and kind of confusing story. Uh, It was really fun to get through.
0: Yeah. Leo, how's Halo Infinite going for you? I still dabble. It's still a quick boot when I've got nothing else to do for 20 minutes. Yeah, the campaign stuff? Multiplayer. Oh, just the multiplayer? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't gotten the campaign yet. Mm. That's nice. Um, But you like the multiplayer? Yeah. I like the shooting. Yeah. The shooting is kind the of fun. guys fall down. Yeah. Hey, everybody. On this episode of the podcast, uh, we have a lot to get through. We have a little bit about what we've been playing over the break, although we recorded a bonus podcast all about that. You can find it on our YouTube channel, Patreon, exclusive podcast feed. Check it out, please. Um, then we're going to talk about our top ten lists of the year. Our definitive top 10 list and this is really the perfect episode because it's our most subjective list with our own personal top 10 list for games of 2021 uh and then this is the only podcast that i know of that actually has the objective actual top 10 list for the games of 2021 because we polled hundreds and hundreds of people in the MinMax Discord, and we hive-minded this sucker, so we have the definitive list, everybody—the one that no matter what, you can't argue with. That is the community top ten that's going to be coming up a little bit later on in the show. Uh, if no arguments were used to build it, no arguments can be used to tear it down. That's, that's right. right, exactly. It's that. also
2: their fault. Like if you—if someone is mad at hearing that list, it's like. We didn't do it. This was yeah. your fault. You don't get to be mad at us for this one. Yeah, we're yeah, going to mail
0: you a freaking mirror. Uh, hey, surreal. I don't want to put you on the spot, but did you uh, did you listen to the 210s? Or did you see our final list for the 210s? I did.
2: I listened to that. Uh, I listened to the uh, both podcasts. Oh, I, that's very I, which sweet. Which was fun. Thank you. Was it, on the
0: of yeah, was it frustrating? I'd imagine if I was in your shoes, I would be screaming because like, I should be in this discussion. Uh,
2: there were a couple moments where I was like, ah I would have done th- like I would have done this differently, but like the, for the most part I thought you guys did a pretty good job of laying out, you know, like why, you know, most of the games were where they were. There were a couple games that I like it, I wasn't necessarily mad about placement cuz it's like, you know, the taste is so subjective, but it, I think a, a lot of game of the year conversations tend to gloss over games that everyone is like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Uh, like that we all agree that this is one of the best games of the year, right? So I feel like I'm I'm looking for the list now, but yeah. um it does feel like may a little bit of like Deathloop was like under discussed of just like <laughs> right. where like I, I'm not like I think for that group, Deathloop is where it belongs. Number three. I would have I would have liked to have seen like, okay, we're gonna go through these games and kind of reinforce why they're on their place on the list versus like well we all know Deathloop is really good we all know Metro Dread is really good at, um and talk about those games specifically because I think those conversations are more mo- like uh, like the best use of these lists are as an outlet to talk about the game specifically right
0: yeah I hear you there's things like that are near the top that it's like well this is just assumed you're right that it's easy to, to gloss past I'm kind of amazed by Deathloop I feel like when it came out Maybe it's just because I was talking about it, but it felt like the entire industry is like, well, this is going to be the game industry's game of the year. And I feel like it really, not soured, but dropped more than I thought before the overall Game of the Year discussions for so many outlets out there. I'm surprised it didn't win more. I think it got like game spots, right, Leo? Yeah, I didn't see it win very many at all. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. Yeah, but. there's actually a,
2: a site called GameAwards.org, which is not, which is not um, like the Game Awards. It is it is like a, a basically a site that aggregates all of them yeah and i'm pretty sure it takes 2 is still at the top with like yeah. the most game awards um taken which is i find that surprising cuz like I, I thought that game was fun but i like it, it was not a game that stood out to me as, like, this is like the best game of
0: the year. Well, I can tell whatever, because you but. said game awards taken instead of given, implying that it takes two <laughs> out there, well, just like, gimme, it took gimme. awards, right? Like, that, I think, right, right, know. right,
1: stolen, <laughs> that, that, right. stolen,
0: say it what you mean, downloaded from <laughs> Pirate Bay. Uh, Leo, you'd be happy to hear at least I hope you would that, uh, of all the games that I played over the break, I, I tried to. Try to do you one good one, buddy, by booting up Riders Republic again. I'm like, I got, I need to give it another go. I'm going to get it on my PC. It made the list. Leo loves it so much. And I was absolutely delighted by the cross-save stuff, which I know is like the least interesting thing to talk about with that game. But like just having it on PC and having it pick up exactly where I left off on Xbox, like, oh my God, thank God I made a stupid Uplay account so many years ago. So this little bit of magic happens. It's so nice. Yeah, that's great. Especially because that game has a uh, too long tutorial. It would be a pain yes. to do that again. Yeah, and I, you're, I think you're totally right. I think you made this point about, like, you know, after the tutorial phase, when the personality of that game is definitely in hindsight and you can focus just on the gameplay, like, it is fun. Like, it is fun to have races where you're transitioning from bikes to jets and all that stuff. And Leo, I, I kind of had a good time with Razor Republic, man. I want you to know that. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Woksha writes in, with a little early kickoff saying hello, cohorts. Question for Leo. My lovely wife just bought me the Quest 2 for Christmas. What are some suggestions for the most fun games for VR? I am very new to this space. I purchased Robo Recall and I'm having a blast. I'm open to all suggestions, no matter the genre. Good God. Good God. Well, Sarah, you just got a Quest 2, right?
1: I have the Valve Index.
0: Oh, even Ooh, better. Ooh, la Duh. da Valve Index. What's that experience been like for you so far?
1: It's been kind of crazy because the only way I've experienced VR is at conventions, where they put the, the thing on you for like five minutes and they rip it off and they're like, "Get out of here!" Because they have to hose it know? down.
0: And, uh, it's so yeah. gross. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like you're like everyone's watching me flail around and I feel judged. Mm-hmm. But so getting to experiencing like experience it in your own home is is crazy, uh, and it's a lot better than I thought it was gonna be. Um, but what they don't tell you. Is that if you're short in real life, you are also short in VR. Mm. And I didn't realize that. I was like, why am I still so short?
0: Do You can't like recalibrate it in some weird way to make yourself like eight feet.
1: I think I could and I probably will because I'm like, this is I can't reach anything. (laughs) I'm like, why is everything so high up?
0: (laughs) For people that aren't aware, Sarah in real life is four foot three. I believe. I'm
1: five one I and and a, half on I a good see. day.
0: That's right. Uh, like what game what? is it coming into play for?
1: Um, I think I had to adjust Beat Saber because everything was a little wonky. Um and then just I was like, ladder in front of your Yeah, yeah, just like stand <laughs> on a ladder the entire time. And then I played Leo's game Mask Maker, which is honestly phenomenal. It's on it got on hey. my game of the year list at like the last at the eleventh hour. Oh wow. And it's awesome. so amazing. But I was like trying to reach for things because you have to like reach high and I was like on my tiptoes. I was like, I can't I can't reach it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oddly jumping for things in VR is like such a tactile fun thing to have to yeah. do every once in a while. But there are things like VR chat where you can just pick a avatar that's you know six foot eight and you can live out your dreams that way. My
1: ideal Ooh. VR game, I was thinking about this, is like you go to Target and you're like six three. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see what everybody else sees. I want to see yeah. the top shelf. I want to be able to see my mom all the way across the store. Mm. Like this is the actual VR experience that I want. And if no one's going to make that game, I will.
0: Did you see the Walmart demo for what their I, vision of meta shopping would be? Yeah,
1: like the the Walmart. I think that was came out four years ago, but it was a very like VR where you're shopping in VR, and I would like to do that honestly. <laughs> yeah yeah you a lot
2: of the ways a lot of ways that companies are implementing technology to shop is very weird and we're kind of reaching that stage where a lot of the stuff they're adding to those things just don't feel necessary like i was at a uh i was at a walgreens recently and instead of having like the the fro like in the frozen shelf aisle instead of having like those doors be see-through they had screens that showed you like here are the products here which i imagine is like so people don't leave the door open and and like you know, let the cold air out. But I wonder what the cost benefit is of like, we're, we have to run a screen basically here and we have to pay for the screen and then right. we have to maintain the electricity costs versus like having to chill everything. But a lot of it just feels like, oh, it feels uh, like technological. It feels like, oh, it feels very modern to have that instead of just letting you see the products themselves. Hey, it, Cyber. And,
0: yeah, we're here. Hmm. Like 2022, I think we're at that point. And I think we've probably been here for a while of like, Just technology for the sake of technology, technology to just remind us that technically we're living in the future. Isn't this cool? You know, like maybe this is a controversial take, but like, (laughs) hey, so, hey, cool it, Internet. I don't want to hear a lot of outbursts about this. But like the whole like Alexa thing, like the fact that people were buying these things for their homes still blows my mind. Like, I don't understand why. Like, this is your phone if you need it. Like, is it that helpful to be able to yell Alexa, Google this for me. Like I just I do not understand that idea at all. It's technology for the sake of technology in my mind, but
2: Yes, like I think the best case scenario they always make is like, oh, you like your hands are full with like, you know, you're <laughs> right. cooking, or you're cooking or like you have kids Maybe. or whatever and you can do it without like with things in both hands. But at that point it's like googling a recipe is not that big a deal. You right. can wait until your hands are free. You don't <laughs> need this. Right.
0: Or you can have something like, just listening to you technically in your house at all times like, hey, that's the trade-off. You got dough in your hands sometimes. Come on. Like at one point I got a, a
2: Google Home Mini for free with something. I think it was like, if you subscribe to Spotify one yeah, month, it was it, the Spotify thing. Like, Ooh. yeah, it gave you a free Google home mini. And like the first thing it is, turn the microphone off. And that it's just like a Bluetooth speaker in my house. Like that. I just like, whenever I go to shower and I just put music on, like I, that's the thing that I use. Right. Yeah. So, but I have no, like I have no intention and I have no desire to be like, Oh yeah. G- Google pot, like play me a podcast. Cause it's like, I'm just, I always have my phone on me. So it's like, I can just do that with my hands. I don't need right. I don't need to tell someone, you know, I don't need to give Google that data of when I listen to podcasts or whatever.
0: But you need it to play Jurassic World Revealed, that audio only game. Yeah,
2: which I I play every day.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Doing I do my like dailies. dailies. Yeah. Damn it, Leo. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Leo, what, Matthew, answer Matthew's question here. What do you think, like top VR games to jump into here? Uh, specifically on Quest, yeah. assuming there's no PC. Right. That you can air link to. Um, I think Stride is great. If you like Mirror's Edge, it's like a parkour type of experience. Uh, I think Blast On is great. Rhymes with Gaston for spelling. Thank you. Uh, That's like a 1v1 bullet hell where you're shooting at each other and trying to dodge and using tactical shields to block and stuff. It's a really interesting multiplayer game. And the one I discovered over the break was Traffic Jams, which is you standing at an intersection... And watching these characters walk up to the street and these cars come up to the crosswalk and just using with both your hands, pointing with one and gesturing with the other for them to come or for them to stop and like directing traffic and filling these different goals that sometimes are. Cause a massive pileup or like <laughs> get a dude hit by a car. It's a really fun game. So the guys, Remarkably fun thing to do that. I never would have guessed. You know? That sounds so funny. So it's a guy like looking at intersections, clearly a car's coming and he's like shaking his head. And you're like waving for him to come no matter what. Like Would I have this job if it wasn't safe? Come on, dude. <laughs> Even though, yes, they're stopping because they're going towards a bus, but you're pulling them again. You're saying hurry up. So they make sure to hit it so you can hit your challenge. That's amazing. Uh, are you playing like Half-Life Alex? Any of the biggies over there, Sarah?
1: I haven't gotten into many of those yet. Yeah. Because I'm still just kind of like playing in the puddle of VR. But I was able to pick up a bunch of games from the Steam sale. So Ooh. definitely give VR and then have the winter Steam sale hit. Right. I bought so many games. That's where I got Mask Maker was also on sale. So I've just been kind of trying it out here and there every so often. But I will report back when I, I'm a little scared of like the more like intense games. Yeah. Like, like, like the more intense games. Like I, like Mask Maker in the beginning spooked me a little bit. I was like, oh, this is a little, this is a little spooky for Everything me. Everything's scary is
0: in happening. VR. Totally. Yeah. Yes. It's all,
1: it's all so much more like real than you can. And it sucks because you're like, I should be smarter than this. But your brain is like, no scary.
0: <laughs> yes. No, thinking
1: totally. real. Very scary.
0: In Half-Life Alex, it's like the Valve logo is terrifying. <laughs> I'm like looking away. <laughs> stop, stop. Uh, do you think you'd ever do a stream in VR, Sarah?
1: Yeah, if I can figure out how to set it up, that's another thing I'm scared about is because there's all this like, extra stuff, but I would definitely do it Yeah. once I figure it out.
0: Uh, Leo, did you see that the PlayStation VR 2 stuff was yeah. revealed? Anything catching your eye over there? Really high resolution per eye. Yeah, so they like say massive jump. They say 4K, right? But was is that what the resolution is per eye? It might be 4K, 2K per eye or something. <laughs> but either way, okay. I, th- I think that's like way higher than I'm used to. I don't know about the index, but I think that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So they just revealed a little bit at uh, CES here where Jim Ryan came on stage and they said, hey, it's officially called the PlayStation VR 2. Uh, and there was much rejoicing. And the controllers are called PlayStation VR Sense controllers, not DualSense all. These are just Sense controllers. It's completely mm-hmm. different.
2: They look, they look suspiciously like uh, other VR controllers we've seen before, like the Quest ones specifically.
0: No, no, no. These are Sense controllers. You've, oh, you okay, must then be then mistaken. Uh, there's eye tracking, which can anybody explain outside of playing uh, Before Your Eyes in VR how that would come into play? What is the point there? I mean the f- simplest thing would be just in something like VR Chat the characters pupils matching where you're actually looking. Oh. Like immersion in multiplayer. Okay, that's interesting. Um another weird thing is there's going to be feedback in the headset. So the headset will like vibrate for all those times that you do like the astrobot headbutt like with a little soccer ball or something. I don't really know exactly when that'll come in.
2: Yeah, it'd be interesting if they're like if you were playing rec room or something and every time a dodgeball hit
0: you, you like the, the headset vibrated or something. I think that sounds be... really fun. Uh, <laughs> it gave yeah, you a headache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they also uh revealed uh, a new experience called Horizon Call of the Mountain, which is set in the horizon universe and uh Gorilla's co-developing it with Fire Sprite games. Um and it's just like a little teaser right now, but it seems like you're in a boat, and then they have like a big tall neck, like the big brachiosaurus thing kind of like walking over you. It's like, yeah. I'd like to see those things in VR. That sounds cool. So it doesn't seem Wouldn't like a Wouldn't you want to thing, be but... one
2: of those though? Imagine like if you yes. could like see the world from the perspective of a tall neck in VR.
0: Well, maybe Just, like, that look. is the mountain that you're being called to as the name suggests mm-hmm. is you have to climb the neck of a tall neck and then become it at the top. Fuse your brain with it. <laughs> I'm, the... I'm so
2: How much is this thing? <laughs> Probably a <laughs> lot.
0: Uh, they also didn't have a release date. So uh, we'll wait and see exactly what's going on with PlayStation VR. They, they didn't show too.
2: the unit either, right? Uh yeah, actual headset,
0: I guess not, but they said it was single cable plug in before, right? And so, yeah, I think there's still a That's lot of nice. questions about this thing, but uh, I was amazed. You know, we did like a little Twitter poll, but like, hey, how excited are you for PlayStation VR 2? And maybe it was only the PlayStation VR super fans coming out of the woodwork, but like a lot of people were surprisingly excited to jump into VR with PlayStation VR 2. So, hey, I have there. not been a uh quiet about my dislike of that original PSVR headset, but like every change they're making here seems really good. I think one of the problems that it's had is it's kind of a few PlayStation exclusives versus parity with what else is happening in the VR space. Totally. And hopefully having a controller that's more similar to a Quest 1 will make it easier for developers to have a PlayStation version of what they're making rather than putting the effort in to make a totally different control scheme for move controllers, which half the people who use PSVR like don't even have and just use the controller instead. Totally. And I would imagine that they have to be talking to Valve about porting Half-Life Alyx to this thing, right? Like that seems like just a, a layup announcement, but you yeah, can't that's cool. the most
2: frustrating thing is the exclusives because it's like it's this entirely new hardware that you have to buy into, and like everything has exclusives, right? You can only play like even like among Resident Evil, right? Like Resident Evil Four VR is Oculus Quest exclusive. Resident Evil Seven in VR is still PlayStation VR exclusive, and you know the the like the Valve headsets have Half Life Alex basically, which you can still you can figure out how to play that on a on an Oculus, but. It's so it's like frustrating that like for a technology that people have to be sold on it. There is also that question of like, well, which one do I get? Because like at this point, there are exclusive games, which is frustrating.
0: Yeah. And and even less so than a consoles, like Mm -hmm. it makes sense to have multiple. Like, why would you ever get multiple headsets just for exclusives? Like, that's a ridiculous idea. It's
1: overly segmented for sure.
0: Yeah. Honestly, even though, you know, this is my job and all that stuff, I'm still very confused about Compatibility between headsets and how the whole thing works. Like uh, some okay, like can Sarah? She can't play Oculus Quest games with an Index, but if you have a Quest, you can play Steam games. I
2: think so. I right. because I okay. played Half Life Alex on a Quest on a Quest One but because it's a Quest 1 I can't play Resident Evil 4 VR because that's a Quest 2 exclusive. Yeah. There's like some some weird workaround that you might be able to figure out. I wasn't able to do it, but like to play that, but it's like just like I think someone some modder like looked at the like the the game and and figured out like this could run perfectly fine on a on a Quest 1. They're just arbitrarily making it exclusive to Quest 2 so that they can sell more of them. And like I really like Resident Evil, but I'm not going to buy a brand new headset just to play it.
0: Yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of buying uh, new hardware there, Surreal. did you want to talk about that analog pocket? Because I really yeah. didn't have much interest in it. Then everybody kept just sharing photos, like Jeff Wiggins, who did the uh, design and logo and stuff from Minmax. He just keeps posting on Instagram these images of just, like, here's Pokemon Yellow in an analog pocket. And somehow it's, like, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. So this runs, it's a new piece of hardware from Analog, and it runs Game Boy and Game Boy Advance stuff. Is that, is that it, Cyril?
2: Yeah, but uh, right now I think they they have plans to have like these um, converter cart cartridges for other stuff. Okay. But uh, yeah, I think right now it's like here's like a really high quality Game Boy uh, that you can run. But it's is, beautiful. Which is which is what I do.
1: You still before. have the plastic on it?
2: I still have one of the plastic protectors because I don't like. I think there was some carrying case that you're supposed to be able to buy. And right now, like I I basically just still have the box. But I haven't I haven't played with it too much, and I also bought the dog.
0: Uh Surreal uh people in the backstage pass watching us live, they're all chanting in unison. Peel that off. Peel that off. It'd be so all
1: satisfying. Right. Look at it.
0: Alright. Just
2: oh let us see. I oh, see if the, I wanna see if the if the picture quality actually changes when I do
0: it. Oh yes. It Excellent. got better. Oh, it's advanced wars. I couldn't read it before. That's it's incredible. Back, backwards,
2: to be fair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Uh, so it's just an advanced Wars machine serial. Do you like it so far? uh
2: yeah, I think it's really cool. Uh, it's probably a little too expensive. Um, how you much I noticed it? that it's like two hundred dollars yeah. for the base unit okay uh so and then I ended up like basically finding the most expensive way to play Mother three ever <laughs> uh, so I also have this analog this epilogue thing that. Is like basically just a thing that lets you play cartridge Game Boy cartridges on your computer, right?
0: Oh, right. Okay.
2: Um, but this one isn't compatible with like third party or like basically unofficial cartridges. So I bought a cartridge that had Mother Three on it, but it's like here's the emulated fan translation that is in English. Mm-hmm. But th- but this thing can't run it. But this thing can because it just emulates the GBA hardware. This I think uses an emulator. Uh, so I can play Mother Three on this. But if I wanted to run it on my PC, if I wanted to like capture footage of it, there's a dock that you can buy that for this thing that, that is a hundred dollars. So I could tech oh so I could technically run Mother 3 on my computer by cooking this $200 thing up to a $100 other thing and then running it through the Elgato and then now I I can capture Mother 3 a game that I could just go download for free through an <laughs> emulator and just capture for free. I was
0: going to say please don't pirate guys. <laughs>
2: <Please>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Be cool. But
2: I I have other like I I I do want to play through Advance Wars again. I have like Minish Cap and stuff that I that I want to play through and like yeah. this is uh i'm i'm kind of excited to dig into a few of them but um yeah for for now i'm kind of just i haven't even peeled the plastic off yet so i haven't had time but i i i like the thing I, it just seems like there is always this nagging thing of like that's too much money like it's too much money i don't know but you know whatever
0: hey you only live once might as well have yeah. a 200 game boy in your pocket again that's right uh hey sarah hey sarah yep. um do you think we should jump in with the community's objective list first, or is that the grand I finale? I want to hear it
1: after we reveal all of our lists.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Because I haven't seen this list yet. Has okay. anybody besides you seen this list?
0: Just Neil Smith the mod. Okay. Even other mods are like, I want this to be a secret. Uh, so this is, this is a big reveal. Okay, so personal lists. Uh, I'll go first. I'll kick it off. My top 10 games of 2021 after much debate, much thought, uh, loss of sleep, everything there. Number 10, What the Dub is number 10. And look, this might be a confusing choice. I feel like I need to explain this one a little bit. This is the one that is very much like a Jackbox game, but it is not a Jackbox game, but it's on Steam. And it just has clips from old movies. And then it goes silent and you type in joke answers and everybody makes sure to laugh by doing text to speech. But if you like Mystery Science Theater and you like Jackbox, please don't miss What the Dub. Because we played it first during Extra Life. And maybe we were just loopy late at night, but it was like... This might be all I want to do for the rest of my life is just play (laughs) What the Dub and make fart sounds in these old black and white movies. It was really beautiful. And then even playing it after that, I really adore What the Dub. And it's like, you know, it's always the debate with these lists. of like, well, you can't give it to a Jackbox game or What the Dub. It's like, man, the amount of enjoyment I got out of What the the Dub this year, like it deserves a spot on this list. This is
1: your list. Thank you. Can you. Put whatever you want on He's your list, then.
0: Well, I'm glad you have the mentality, Sarah. Because number nine is the Forgotten City. Everybody. Uh, then number eight is Psychonauts Two. Number seven, Chicory: A Colorful Tale. Number six is Forza Horizon Five. Number five is Guardians of the Galaxy. Number four is Age of Empires Four. Number three is It Takes Two. Number two is Before Your Eyes. Number one is Valheim. For me, Sarah. Give us that list for
1: you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much.
1: My number 10 is inscription. My number nine is mask maker, but it would probably move up if I played more of it, but it got there like last minute.
0: Okay, stop. I know, uh, I know Leo explained it before. What is it again? How does it work? What are you doing?
1: Essentially you are in VR and you stumble across this workshop that makes these masks And when you make a mask, it teleports you to, like, the mask maker's realm. And to traverse it, you have to make the masks of other sort of, like, denizens of the world. Um, And they all have slightly different masks, right? So you kind of, like, body snatch people with masks. But they weren't doing anything anyways. Okay. So it's, like, okay. Uh, And to make your mask, it's so cute, you have to go and, like, gather things. So I had to go and, like, gather seashells on the shore to put on my mask so I could teleport to a different location. Huh. Um, and the story, like, it's, it's very atmospheric. Very, it's giving me, like, Disney ride vibes, you know, when you're, like, in one of those really immersive Disney rides. And even the line's kind of immersive. It's very much that.
0: Huh. Yeah. But
1: in, in, if you haven't played VR, that's the only, that's, like, the closest you're going to get to the experience.
0: It's huh. also just one of those VR things where you th- recognize how fun it is to have that kind of movement. Like, mm-hmm. to the, at a certain point, when I was switching between different uh, denizens with different masks, I would like look at the one I was about to switch to and wave and then take the mask off. And then I'd switch to it and I'd see that person frozen waving up at me. Mm -hmm. Like just doing weird poses like that. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like the perception of VR is like they have Half-Life Alex as a killer app and that's about it. And then a bunch of other small stupid things. But there's lots of like mid-range B or A tier games. And I think Mask Maker is my favorite one I played this year. Oh, that's awesome. I love that it snuck in there. Okay, Sarah, what else we got?
1: Oh, for eight, we got Resident Evil Village. Uh, for seven, we have the Animal Crossing Happy Home Paradise DLC. Ooh. Uh, six, we have Toem. Five is Valheim. Four is Unpacking. Three is Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. Two is Chicory, and one is Outer Wild's Echo of the Eye.
0: Perfect. Hey, Sarah, I love that for you. I think that's the Thank perfect you know.
1: list. I think our list <laughs> reflect who we are as <laughs> right.
0: I would hope so uh, it is you know I don't know what to make of it these days but like I sent my list a while ago to Tim Turry because we were talking about games of the year and stuff and he's like well that's a successful Hanson list I, like, I, I don't know what that means exactly but I guess it's a good thing that I, I'm true to myself uh, Leo top 10 man, give us those Leo lists top 10 no big surprises here uh, number 10 Pikmin Bloom number 9 <laughs> wait 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 That that is a surprise. I mean, no surprise if you're fresh off listening to those two debates because I think all these games came up. But yeah, Pigment Bloom Rocks. Wow. Okay. Love it. it. Love it. Okay. Uh, Number nine, Pistol Whip expansion, the Smoke and Thunder expansion. I only didn't say Pistol Whip for the Quest 2 recommendations because I'm a broken record about that. Everybody knows how good that game is. Got it. Uh, Number eight, The Forgotten City. Number seven, It Takes Two. Number six was Mask Maker. Number five, Resident Evil Village. Number four, Deathloop. Number three, Chivalry 2. Number two, Hitman 3. Number one, Riders Republic. Love it. Uh, chivalry 2, that's, that's high, man. I'm surprised. I played a lot of it. Is that a situation where you think that... How reliant is that game on having a f- group of friends that's really into Chivalry? I mean, that helps, but I played most of it by myself. Really? Like, just... But although... I will say I was streaming to friends in Discord a lot, and that made it so much more fun because it is such a goofy visual slapstick game. That when a funny moment happened, like being able to share that with people, in a way it was better to be streaming it to people than to be playing it with them because then we could all see the funny thing at the same time. Right, right. All right, surreal man, this is your chance. The big, the big S himself coming in here. Uh, what do you got for the top ten?
2: Okay, so it has it has changed slightly since I posted, since I gave you that list on. On uh, MinMax, but it actually just made it more boring because I like I I had a moment where I was like, if I'm being honest, this is probably my list. Uh, (laughs) Number ten, Psychonauts two. Number nine, Destiny two. Since they just added the 30th anniversary content, that stuff I think is super cool. It's like one of the best things they've done in a long time.
0: Uh, you, yeah, you, because, you sold me. You sold me on the deepest dive in Halo Infinite. We talked about it a little bit, but you said they added the Halo One pistol into Destiny Two.
2: Yeah, so that is an exotic that is just like here. Here is a pistol that uses special ammo, which is usually the ammo reserved for shotguns, sniper rifles, and like po- like more powerful weapons. Uh, and so it's like a really cool gun. Feels really good to use. Really strong in like multiplayer and stuff. And so I've been enjoying the crap out of that. They added the battle rifle, the la- uh, one of the lasers from um, Halo Reach. They added That's the sword so awesome. from Myth. Uh, uh like a bunch of like retro content including like they reality they added back Gallerhorn which is like the exotic that everybody loved in Destiny 1. Yeah. Uh and so like but there's like a- other additions so like they added a dungeon that is based on the loot cave from Destiny 1.
0: Really? That's amazing. So,
2: <laughs> And the idea is that like you're, you you discovered like in the in the loot cave like where was all that random loot that was dropping because if you don't know the loot cave was this thing where like early on in kind of like the grindiest parts of you know post game Destiny people have discovered that oh there's this cave where just like enemies just comes out come out of it constantly and the way Destiny's drop system worked is you you gain drops by killing a certain number of enemies so if you're just farm this thing you just get random drops all the time um but like this dungeon like like posits that there was like where are those enemies coming from and it's like here's like you dive into the loot cave and you find like this entire new area full of like it, it is a very booby trap heavy dungeon where it's like <laughs> oh there's three doors and like two of them will kill you or like and then you go into the one and then immediately there's another booby trap right in the third one basically that you have to figure out how to get across that's amazing um and like the you pick you're picking up these audio diaries that is like oh my team and I we're sending into this thing and there's loot everywhere we're going to get out and be rich and it's like as you get more of those it's like you know, it's like a, a, a Donner Party situation where it's like, I can't find my way out. It's like day 55. Like, three of my members are dead, but I have all this loot. I am getting out with all of this loot. And it's like, at the end of it, I don't want to ruin it, but it's like, basically, it's like this this group of people is driven insane by how much loot there is in the loot cave. And there's a really <laughs> cool, like, uh, boss mechanic and stuff. Um, and they also added the Dares of Eternity game show uh, mode, which is uh, Zur is back. And. He, he has a star horse with him. And I, I know you guys have gotten really into horses recently.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, since you've been gone, it's basically nothing but horse content over here in the Max. I'm sorry.
2: So this is like a celestial horse. And it's like, he's got amazing lines, even though all he does, he's a horse. He doesn't talk to you directly. But like, whenever you clear like part of the, because it's like a game show where it's like, you know, Zer will announce like, oh, it's the fallen and you have to fight them. And it's like, there's a spin the wheel for, you know, which enemies you're going to fight. And every time you do well, it's like, you'll hear the horse make a sound. But the subtitles will say things like infinite nay or like entropic winnie or like imperial <laughs> like like these like cosmic sounds combined with horse sounds. <laughs> and and Zuri is basically being forced by this star horse to run the game show. And he'll have like he'll say things like the horse wishes you to fight more opponents. That is the horse's will, uh, and like I do not control the horse. So he's basically like I don't know what this horse is doing, but he's control. Like he's forcing me to have you play this game. I don't know. Like that that is his problem. He, like he's recruiting you for this. I I'm just the messenger man.
0: Do you think uh, has has Destiny gotten significantly sillier since launch? Obviously, all living games tend to do it, but I didn't know that it had gotten to horse game show levels of absurdity
2: i feel like this is kind of them just because this is like their, their end of the year stuff like they've kind of finished off their season and so like this this definitely feels like they're kind of taking a little break because i think the story stuff in destiny throughout the year is actually been pretty strong uh like their seasonal story has gotten uh, a lot better um and like they're they're just about to release Switch Queen their their next ex- big expansion so this is kind of like here's a fun mode where we're just kind of messing around um, so I, I, it's not in line with what they've been doing recently but it is really cool to have this mode um, that I've just been spending way too much time with so um, yeah I've i really been enjoying it uh, just for like all the retro content and like yeah all, all this stuff I think has made Destiny two like a game that I'm still playing for for a while so
0: which is why it's number one.
2: It's number eight. <laughs> okay, number eight. Got it. <laughs> uh, right? I think, yeah, Psychonauts... No, Psychonauts, Psychonauts 2 was 10. Destiny 2 is 9. Okay. M- number eight is Everhood. Number whoa, seven... Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, What's Everhood? Is that that old uh, uh, claymation game?
2: No, it's like the... I talked about this, I think, a while ago. I'm surprised you don't remember the meaning <laughs> oh, of the crap. year. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it's like a sort of Undertale-esque uh, RPG, but you don't really, like... It is RPG only that you're kind of walking around talking to people like the combat is actually like like this really cool mix of platformer and rhythm game where you have like a guitar hero esque highway and like the enemies are basically sending notes down. But instead of like playing them, you basically just have to jump over them like you're you're moving around the lanes to avoid the notes right and you can like you have a jump you have like a, a like a, you have an hp meter that kind of constantly refills so it's like you have uh, you have the ability to take a break and it has this really kind of like trippy rabbit hole story of like oh what is going to like what is this game going to do next that builds on that stuff like there's a lot of really like cool one off segments like there's a part where you're just playing like a very retro racing game um Like, there's a lot of like one-off bits like that. There's a lot of hidden, like, weird things. Like, there's one point, the only thing that'll spoil is like, you are for, you don't have to, you can optionally choose to walk down a hallway for multiple hours to see like a bit of content. And it is just like a hallway. And it is like, well, you don't have to do this. It doesn't lead to a very cool reward, but it's like, here's this hallway that you can just walk through for multiple, for one or two hours. Uh, to see this thing.
0: Hey, Leo, what is this? Final Fantasy <laughs> <laughs> Thirteen? Right? Uh, hey. Do you mean fourteen, or I don't get it? No, it's not, it's not important. Cool, uh, good choice. All right, what else we got on that list? Uh, number seven
2: is Before Your Eyes. Number six is Metroid Dread. Number five is The Great Ace, Attorney Chronicles. Ooh. Number four is Resident Evil Village. Number three is Deathloop. Number two is Guilty Gear Strive. And number one is Sable.
0: Sable, number one. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I I really enjoyed the heck out of this game. This is, like, the one game that I just completely fell in love with uh, this year.
0: Yeah, what about it?
2: I think, like, my love of Sable is kind of twofold. There's, like, the academic, like, oh, someone figured out how to make an open-world game uh, that is really fun to explore that doesn't have combat in it. Because there's just, like, there's no fighting. You're just completing quests for people, and you're just seeing this world. Like, because I think... I think open world games really take advantage of the hardware, right? Like it is like a really cool way to get you to explore this giant world that the the developers made and just like take in vistas and just go around and do stuff. And a lot of the way that's structured is always just like here, complete this list of objectives, kill a bunch of stuff and then move on to the next thing in a way that is always like I'm trying to get through this area um, or like or conquer it. And then move on to the next one, whereas I think Sable by not having combat and making most of it about exploring really gets you to take in all of its visuals, which, by the way, this game looks amazing. If you haven't seen it yet, Uh, there's like a specific like French artist whose name I forget that they're really inspired by and they nail the look of that and they build on it really well. Uh, where it's like very like flat kind of shaded colors and stuff but when you're going when you go inside they have like a, a dynamic lighting system where when you go inside it like the, all the colors shift to get darker and more blue so it's like if you're in, in like uh a dark area like the colors appropriately shift um and i really like the uh i like the story i like that there is this kind of you know like I, a lot of people it reminded me of Encanto um the new yeah, Disney movie where night. it's like one of the criticisms of, of that movie that some people had was like, oh, there's no like, like driving conflict. There's no like bad guy and there's no like, you know, save the world type of thing. It is just like this family dealing with their problems. And like, I think uh, like I really enjoyed it. Like, I don't, I don't think I had a problem with that. And this was like a similar thing of like, there's no like oh, Sable needs to save the world from this uncommon, uh, like uncoming terror. Like the, the story in Sable is you're trying to figure out what you're career is basically huh. so the goal of the game is to get three masks at least and then have a ceremony where you choose like oh i'm gonna be like uh, a row uh, like a, uh, someone who builds robots or i'm gonna be like a machinist or i'm gonna sell scrap or i'm gonna like you know like join this tribe that i did a couple quests for and you can find as many masks as you want right and that kind of comes in with like as you explore more of the world you have more options uh and they're just like really cool like Locations in this game that, you know, you stumble upon without being told where to go like there's this thing where if you climb like this uh, Grand Canyon kind of like sea of plateaus and rocks, you find like the settlement that people built on top of this canyon that is that is connected by like the bones of these giant like animals. So like the bridges between all these different cliffs are like spines, basically. That's like and it's like this really cool view. And then you find this one guy who's like, yeah, most of us have left already. There's this other guy. Make sure if you find him, so like, tell him hi. And you can find the like, you can explore this like really interconnected series of tunnels, and you find the other guy, and he's like, oh yeah, I've just kind of been chilling the last couple of days, anyway. Like, it, you're finding like these settlements uh, that are kind of just happening, like, and it. Um, you you just like stumble upon this. There's like a giant worm that you can explore the insides of. There's like these like crashed uh, ships that you're finding, and that's kind of like the ba- the main story is like finding these crashed ships and figuring out like oh what led to these ships crashing here and you yeah know, how, how like what are the origins of all this stuff? But it it was just like this really chill game that felt like okay this is this feels like the most refined like version of the open world formula that it just that it cuts away all of the chaff and just says like. Just take in these views, explore this world and have a good time, um, which like I just like fell in love with for, you know, f- 15 hours or so. I did yeah. all, basically everything in that game. I will say, though, it is pretty rough, like technology, like tech wise. The frame rate is pretty uh, rough. There's even yeah. like w- there's one puzzle where you're trying to put batteries in these catapults, basically, that are like, like these giant pillars that kind of just like launch you. You're, they're supposed to launch you everywhere, like throughout the level. And half the time, like most of the time, even they did they just clipped through all the batteries and (laughs) me so i had a really frustrating time like okay if i move it to this specific this specific square on this catapult that'll launch it a little bit but if i move it back a little bit it'll launch it all the way so it's like it's it's rough around the edges in a lot of ways but i just completely fell in love with this game and it was like the yeah i i really enjoyed say why if you like open world games it's pretty short overall like it's like 13, 15 hours. And that's because I did everything in the game. I found yeah. all the outfits, found, like found all the masks and stuff. Um, but yeah, really cool, chill vibes. It just, it's just a game that makes you elongate those vowel sounds where you're like, man, look at that sun. Like, <laughs> you're just like, you feel like you're getting high playing that game and it, but it's also like really endearing and fun. So
0: there we go. Sable, everybody. Great list. Serial. You did it. Yeah. Uh, he said you had some honorable mentions. You wanted to squeeze in there.
2: Yeah. Uh, Forgotten City and uh, uh, Forgotten City was on this list before. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise was kind of uh, Monster Hunter Rise, Returnal, and Inscription were kind of like the three that were on the edge right. uh, for a little bit there, which because I only got around like Monster Hunter Rise was kind of peripherally like on the list most of the year, um, and Inscription and Returnal I only got to recently. Uh, Boomerang X is another game that I want to give a shout out to. Oh, yeah, I thought was really cool. A lot of it is like that game is super stressful. It is like. Uh, doom eternal or uh, doom eternal levels of like you're moving around this battlefield constantly and like you have no like the last few levels of that game are just like you like if you land you die like you you have to be in the air constantly because you have this like x-shaped uh, boomerang that you can throw your that you can throw and then it comes back to you but you can also throw yourself to it so you're constantly moving around the map and you get all these like other abilities that that you know, build on top of each other, and they were really cool. Uh, I got to the end of that game, saw the last boss, and said, oh, yeah, I just I'm not going to be able to do this, because <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but it's like, I got through all the levels, and they're, like, really tough. They're kind of, like, super Meepo-esque, like, you die, and you start over immediately. Um, but, it like, yeah, it was a really cool, really inventive game, and then Pokemon Unite was the, the kind of last honorable mention, oh, wow. which I spent way more time with, and I Expected to, uh, but I had a really good time with that game. And I'm still kind of like, there's still part of me that is like, I played a couple matches on my phone over the break while I was visiting my parents, of just like, oh, cool, I have, it, I have this game on my phone. Then I'll just like, I'm waiting for, some, I'm waiting for like, you know, everyone's just kind of making dinner. I'm done with kind of my end of things. I'll play a couple matches of Pokemon Unite, sure. Since, uh, uh,
0: since you're a big uh, Dota lad, um, do you think Pokemon Unite is like locked in at this point as a number three in that genre? I wouldn't say it's.
2: Well, I I don't know who the number. I feel like Heroes of the Storm is still kind of there. It's it's and kind of falling off, but it's still getting support. Like the thing the thing that yeah. everyone forgets about Heroes of the Storm is that it's still a live game. And it's it's not quite dead yet. They're they're still getting new characters and updates and stuff. Wait, they, really? They just don't have an esports scene.
0: Oh, is that because yeah, right? remember there was an announcement a while ago where yeah. the headline so was definitely they're like, like they're they threw it out back and destroyed it.
2: Yeah, so it's a kind of like on Afterburner. So it's like the last character was, I think, about a year ago, but they're okay. still like, hey, like in December they released a balance update of like here we're here are our patch notes we're upping. So it is on a backburner yeah. game, but it I like I went back to it recently and it's like Matt, you're still finding matches pretty quickly. Like that game is not dead. Um, but I think Pokemon Unite is probably like the biggest up and comer in like the MOBA genre right now because of the Pokemon name, and they've they've been really good about support. They've added a bunch of Pokemon. They've added you know they're doing like the regular kind of seasonal events. Uh, but yeah, it's almost like not even really a, a MOBA in a lot of ways. It just uses kind of like the gameplay of one where you have two abilities, you have an <laughs> Wait ultimate. A because the goal is completely different. It's not about destroying towers and you're not farming gold. It's just like right. you just go around, kill things, level up, and kind of dunk. Like, you're basically playing... It's like a combination of a MOBA and mas- basketball, basically. Hell yeah. Uh, which, which like, is a really cool change of pace. It, it kind of lets me play that and Dota at the same time without feeling like the, the two kind of conflict with each other.
0: Yeah. I thought the whole point of this podcast was to be like, this is 2021, we're closing the books forever, everything I didn't get to, guilt resolved. But there is still a part of me that's like, I kind of want to go back and play Pokemon Unite with friends. I think it'd be fun.
2: I think it'd be, yeah, that game is that that game is pretty cool. And it's like they have like the matches you can make them like five minutes or ten minutes. Right, basically. right. Like, the longest those games go are like ten ten minutes because they're timed. They're like they you have you know the, ten minutes to score as many points
0: as you can. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, my biggest honorable mention, the one that I was really debating squeezing on there was Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which is like God. I had such a good time going through that game. Is there any way I can squeeze it on this list, but I had to give it up to what the dub instead? I just had to. There was no choice. Mm-hmm. Um I got the dub. Was it tough to make the list for you this year, Sarah?
1: Um, it was it wasn't too bad. I made like a bunch of other lists that were actually like easier to make. Um like what? But it wasn't too bad. I have like, let's see. I have like the honorable mention list, I have Games I forgot existed, but were good. Right. I have a, what the f- was that list? Mm-hmm. Um, what games that I did not play, that? but will. And then I have games that I did not play and won't.
0: Is this just for so. Twitter? Would you make these? for? No, I just,
1: I just, it was easier to take games out than it was to put on the list. So I could be like, okay, what survived the purge? Huh. And then I'm like, these are all top 10s.
2: So it was like easier to cut certain games if you yeah. were cutting them, you
0: were putting them on a different list.
1: Yeah, right? Interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you want to run down any of them? Like honorable mentions?
1: Well, my honorable mentions, let's see. I also had Pokemon Unite on my honorable mentions. There we go. Uh, but I had Hitman 3 and then Wildermyth were all both un- honorable mentions.
0: Love it. Any other those lists that you want to run down?
1: I think my favorite is the games that I did not play and won't. Yep. Um, because it's like everybody else's top games. I was like, you know what? This looks like somebody's uh, game of the year list when I made it. Uh, so I can read that to you. The Please. games that I did not play and won't.
0: Will not. No matter what, will not. you will not play this And won't. Okay. Uh,
1: Metroid Dread was the first one. Returnal. Ratchet and Clank. The Kena. Kenna. Kena. Kenna. Also Kena? Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Far Cry 6. Pokemon Diamond Pearl remakes. Skyward Sword HD, uh knockout, and Brain Age all got on those lists.
0: Brain Age. <laughs> Squeaking yeah, onto that like, list.
1: I was like, that's not because people really like, are you gonna play it? And I was like, absolutely not. It's on this list.
0: I yeah. wish I, I wish it was you. I wish I had people that they're bugging me about like, hey, are you gonna play Brain Age? That feels like the best game yeah, to
1: be Yeah, And like you're like, absolutely about. not. See it's on this list called games mm-hmm. I did not play and won't.
0: That's right. Yeah. It's gone forever. I
2: did I I did neglect to mention Skyward Sword is on my honorable mentions list. There we like, go. I really enjoyed it. But I like I there was a point where I had it like pretty high up on my actual personal list, but I kind of like the personal list can be whatever you want, but I tend to like have a rule for myself of like, unless I have not played it before, I don't tend to like, I tend to like give them way less favor unless they're really, they make really significant changes. Right. Um, And the, the big change that the Skyward Sword made was like, the controls are now, you know, you can use a controller now instead of having to use the Wii remote, which is cool. I, I still think that game is, is underrated among Zeldas. I uh, really liked it a lot, but, like, it, it's just, like, I would rather give 2021 games, you know, the
0: spotlight on my list, personally. Yeah. All right. Should we get to the definitive objective list? Yeah, I think it's just that list Sarah read off. Yeah, I think it's the it list that I just read off. It was uncanny. It was shot for shot, the exact same <laughs> games. Uh, so this is pulled from the MinMax Discord, which you get access to if you support us at the two dollar tier on Patreon. Um, and it is a weighted list. So if people had this as their number one choice, it was weighted more. And then number two, I think was half or whatever. Uh, Neil, I'm sorry, I'm blowing it. Uh, the mod, but he did a good job sorting through all the stuff. Thank you to the mods for arranging this stuff. So here's the list, and let's go. Let's go for top twenty. Why not? Does anybody have a guess, by the way? They get a 20? They, yeah, they, they kept it rolling. Wow. Uh, well, I mean, I, they, made, they made their own 210s, right? No, this is a top 20, Serial.
2: Oh, okay, totally.
0: Um, Serial, what do you think is going to be number one for this list?
2: Um,
1: Ratchet
0: and Clank? Ooh, interesting. Leo, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. Halo Infinite? Wow. Sarah, what do you think?
1: I'm leaning. Ratchet and Clank or Metroid Dread.
0: Interesting. All right, the community's list for the top 20 games of the year. Number 20, The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Oh, Just squeaking on there. That's cool. Uh, number 19, Tales of Arise. Congratulations, Tales. Number 18, get ready, Sarah. Outer Wilds, Echoes of the Eye, making it on there.
1: It made it on the list? <laughs>
0: hmm nice. I'm shocked. Uh, number 17 is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Number 16, Chicory, A Colorful Tale. I'm sorry, that should be number one community. I'm sorry, this objective list is wrong. Uh, Number 15 is Death's Door. Number 14, Above Outer Wilds, interesting, is The Forgotten City. I Mm. guess that's just math, that it's a better game than Outer Wilds. interesting. Uh, Number 13 is Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Number 12 is Before Your Eyes. Number 11 is Hitman 3. Number 10 is Forza Horizon 5. Number 9 is Deathloop. Number 8, Inscription. Number 7, Resident Evil Village. Number 6, Returnal. Number 5, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Number 4, this is higher than I thought, Psychonauts 2. Is that what you're crossing your fingers for, Sarah?
1: No, I'm waiting for the Metroid.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Number 3, It Takes Two. Number three. Number two, Halo Infinite. Ah. Number one, Metroid Dread! I got
1: you, Min Max community! I know who you are!
0: (laughs) We see right through you! Metroid Dread, the number one game according to the Min Max community. Thank you for making that list, everybody. That's fun to run through that stuff. Uh, Hey, Suriel! Yeah? What else have you been doing? Uh, Not much. Uh, Uh...
2: Played through Inscription and Returnal recently. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I've been just been working on stuff I can't talk about. So it's like, yeah. i, I what, what can, a trap.
0: What can you say about the the whole field that you're into now, the whole consulting world? Is it about what you expected since going full-time with this stuff?
2: Yeah, I mean, I kind of had been doing it at like a lower frequency for a little while. So it's right. been kind of just been rolling into a more intense version of that where, you know, sometimes you'll, You'll have, I had weeks where I just didn't really have anything on my plate and weeks where I had like three projects on my plate and was basically working pretty constantly. Uh, but it's been, it's been cool. Like I've just, I've had like more, like enough work that I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting uh, to kind of see this side of like having having the tool feedback like directly to developers like talking to them directly about like here's what you need to do and seeing games at like early and earlier stages of development yeah um there are like some projects where they just like here's what here's our kind of you know pitch for the game what do you think you know there, that's there are certain, awesome um and so like there, there are Project that I'm seeing at like different stages of the, of development, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been interesting to work with like developers directly on that kind of stuff. But uh, the writing part like is sometimes not that different because sometimes they just literally want you to do a mock review, which is right. just like here's how what I would review. Uh, and, and the only caveats about like yeah, we know about these like eighty bugs or whatever that you you'll encounter because it's like still an in progress build, and obviously a lot of the art isn't final. So like you know take those into account when reviewing the game. Um, but sometimes you'll just get like a a game that's basically done and said like, okay, what can we expect when it comes to critics and fans and stuff? Um, so that that's been really cool. Like it, it's really interesting to to have to you know think about like the audience being your audience being developers versus being it like, ah, oh, should you buy this game or play it like. Uh, that depends on so much but like developers have like specific questions that they want about like "Eh, we need we're like we're specifically concerned about this this and this and like maybe and we'll hop on a call and like we'll talk about those concerns directly
0: do you ever write in the reviews for developers who are fans of the genre I think they'll find a lot to like here
2: no, I mean, I generally don't write uh, like that. I generally try to avoid that phrase specifically in my reviews because I just it's like a uh, like a dead phrase to me at this point. But um, yeah, it's been a lot a lot of like uh, trying to figure out like, OK, I'm writing this for specific like I'm writing a mock review that is meant to be for an audience. But like I want to incorporate feedback that is not going to be relevant to them. So it's like figuring out like how much of this is like my personal experience and how much is stuff that is going to help them. Um. So, yeah, and like, yeah. And every once in a while, you'll have a developer reach out to He's like, I'm really glad you mentioned this in your review because like I had that same exact concern. So <laughs> I was arguing it,
0: this internally and no one would yeah, listen so it's like,
2: the the best you can hope for. It's like I don't think I've ever been like, oh, the, like we've added a feature or completely retooled the game based on a thing you said. Right. It's like the best you can hope for is like you were a, you were kind of ammo in someone else's argument of like, see, they also said this uh and so like that that stuff has been interesting to, to to see for sure
0: yeah without getting you in trouble leo i'm not trying to get him in trouble i swear but have you had a moment about something that's not announced yet, where you said like holy shit. is like, it like is it to that oh, level like announcements coming up that made you go like jesus christ
2: uh yeah there's a there's a there are a, a couple of things that i know that i i'm very curious to see what the reaction is uh when it comes to certain projects. so.
0: All right. I've only done a couple mock reviews, but a great thrill for me is one of them, uh, they said, well, this game hasn't been announced yet. I'll be announcing this upcoming month probably, and I ended up giving it a poor review, yeah. and now that time has come and passed and they didn't announce it, so I get to kind of think, oh, did I do that? Did I ruin their confidence? <laughs> I saved the world from a potentially bad game or whatever. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Or maybe they just pushed it back. Yeah. Uh, Surreal, um, thank you for being here, dude. You're welcome back thank whenever you, you want. Me. If people are Listening to you and they say, my God, I I miss his dulcet tones. Uh, they can always check out Halo Infinite's deepest dive. It's the best, most ever discussion about that game's campaign on the internet, thanks to Wade and especially thanks to Serial for <laughs> backing Wade up in a big bad way.
2: That's that's right. I I did not get it into uh, as much of the lore uh, as Wade did, but yeah, it was really it was a really fun discussion. Like both of those uh, episodes, I think are are good and like they talk about about the story Halo, which I think a lot of people um i mean like this the discussion is definitely weighted towards the story more so than the gameplay especially in that second half uh so i i kind of like that idea of like yeah this thing that a lot of people completely uh kind of ignored or like uh didn't take super seriously let's really dig into that i like doing that kind of stuff i do too
0: uh well hey sir welcome back whenever you want um for now do you want to clap out dude absolutely bye Janet Garcia, welcome. That was welcome. a good
3: clap. That
0: was a Thank mean you. clap. It was fierce. It was like a sharp clap. Now pitch. I'm sure that
3: the um, noise reduction just is not. It <laughs> <laughs> could be. Well, let's find out together, shall we?
0: Hey, welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Janet. Thank you for being here. Uh, we just ran down um, our top 10 games of 2021, and I can feel everybody listening and watching screaming, what are Janets? All right, so you know, I
3: felt that too.
0: It's yeah. weird. It's a third sense. Right? Third sense.
3: Like, then, it, then you get. Then you feel cold for a second. Um, yeah. Yeah. Top ten games of the year uh, would go from ten to one. Love it. Ten is Hitman Three. Nine is Resident Evil Village. Eight, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Seven, Desidero. Six, Rivley Default Two. Five, Metroid Dread. Four, Before Your Eyes. Three, Chicory. Two, Life is Strange. True Colors. And one is Death Loop.
0: <laughs> Flying. Yay. Love it.
3: There
0: we go. You feel good about that? Were you stressed trying to lock that down?
3: No, not stressed in any capacity i've been working on this the entirety of the year every like four months i wrote it so by the time i the last two edits were actually identical like i didn't add or drop anything so yeah yeah boring answer but <laughs> i'm like i've literally been thinking about this the entire year it's one of the few things i really did it would so be, it was ready to go
0: i like that idea of like every time you play a game i keep track of every game i played but it would be interesting instead of doing it chronologically to track it, where it's like you enter the new game either above or below how much you enjoyed the previous game on the list, and so you're just constantly building out that list as it goes. Yeah,
3: like when Outriders was on the list, like that was early in the year, right? It's like, it's not...
0: It's a weird time for everybody. These are 10
3: games that came out this year.
0: (laughs) At some point, it was the best. Uh, Hey, Leo, do you know this whole thing operates? Yeah. That's right, everybody, patreon.com slash midmax with two Ns. Thank you so much for jumping over there and helping to support independent games media. And thank you to some of our big supporters over there on Patreon, including new folks, Fantasy Flight Games. They want everybody to know about the Lord of the Rings card game. It has a revised corset. It is a cooperative card game for one to four players. Leo, do you see this? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah. It's like, if you want to go through the Mines of Moria, you want to have some wonderful adventures before, you know, getting you kind of warmed up before the Amazon series for Lord of the Rings comes out a little bit later this year. Lord of the Rings card game set, I just got this in the mail today from them, but I'm looking forward to checking it out because, you know... We just went through all those commentary tracks, Lord of the Rings, Leo, and you kind of want to experience more of that world. Here you go. This uh, cooperative game for Fantasy Flight Games. Live it. Live it, everybody. There's new cards. It contains everything you need to start your adventure. Also, thank you to our friends, of course, over at uh, Diverge Coffee. They say, hey all, Brian and Nick here from Diverge Coffee, wanting to wish you a happy new year. Thank you all for the awesome... Oh, thank you to all the awesome min-maxers that supported us in 2021. We just ask... Hang on. We just want to ask you to please consider checking out what we have to offer at DivergeCoffee.com. And if you do, you can use the code MINMAX for 15% off of your coffee order. We look forward to an amazing year moving forward and hope you think of us when you want coffee. Start your adventure at DivergeCoffee.com com that's d-i-v-e-r-g-e divergecoffee.com promo code minmax everybody check it out also thank you to our friends over at fixture gaming they want everybody to know about the fixture s1 which is a clip you put on your Nintendo switch pro controller then you can slide the screen on top of that so you can play with the best controller on the go you can check out the link below to get it on amazon there's also an option for a carrying case bundle it is 35 dollars play with the Switch Pro Controller on the go. Just look at a picture of this thing, you'll understand why it can be very handy for you. So check that out and help support fixture gaming. Also, thank you to I Am 8-Bit. They want everybody to know about Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion, the vinyl soundtrack. Uh, The soundtrack is by James Courier and Ryan over there. And they want everybody to know that you can go to their store I'm Apep's wonderful online store. Get this vinyl soundtrack, "Return a Boy Commits Tax Evasion," and you can get anything else in the store for ten percent off, as long as it's under one hundred dollars, by using a promo code. And of course, the promo code is New Year New Code, no space. New Year New Code. Everybody, check that out for ten percent off. And because they're so generous, each and every week they ship out a prize to the MinMax community. So, whoever has the best question this week will win Carto on PS4, the puzzle game. This is the IM 8 bit edition of Carto, and it comes with like a cool map and a bunch of funky stuff in there. So, all right, everybody remember who has the absolute best question of the week? Janet, your mind's like a steel trap, right?
3: I hope not. I think it's a good I'll thing. Try. Everybody
0: wants a steel trap for mine. I think. Okay, here we go. Uh, Pelican Man. Hey, Pelican Man says after listening to a metric ton of Game of the Year content, I've been thinking about former Game of the Year winners. While most games that garner that kind of critical praise are still held in high regard, which then common choice for Game of the Year do you think has suffered the biggest drop in perception since its release year, either in your own view or the general consensus? So uh, let's go to this site that Suriel mentioned earlier in the show, which is gameawards.net. Leo, does one jump out to you? It, this is like a collection of the industry's awards, pooling it together to figure out what is the collective game of the year going back for decades. My gut on this question, as it is whenever this topic comes up, yeah. is 2014, Correct. notoriously tough year to pick. Right. It was kind of between Dragon Age Inquisition and Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. And... Um, I remember getting Dragon Age: Inquisition because it won Game Informer's Game of the Year, and being so disappointed with it. It ran really? so badly, and the gameplay being so boring to me. And That's but I amazing. thought it was like I didn't the know revelation. That... Looking at GameAwards.net .net right now, though, yeah, is that I in my mind it was split between those two, but here Middle-earth: Shadow of Mordor had 52 Game of the Year awards. To Dragon Age Inquisition's 139. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Nearly triple for Dragon Age. Look, man, it was a tough year. You don't know what it was like back then, Leo. It was a nightmare trying to find a game to play. It was just, everything was so blah. I think my game of the year that year was Stick of Truth, which I really enjoy, the South Park RPG. But yeah, in the Game Informer debate, that was... That was a very intense one, but I love that you were on the receiving end of that, of like, we debated it, and then Dragon Age Inquisition won, and then you spent $60 on it and hated it.
3: I feel like looking at that year, because I'm like, what did come out that year? And clicking onto the page, um, Mario Kart 8 is probably better than <laughs> either of those games.
0: I think you're probably right. I feel like no
3: one wants to give like a kart racer like that its flowers, but Mario Kart 8 is the best Mario Kart by like a lot. Yeah, I
0: yeah. think you're right.
3: We're still That's playing supposed- it.
0: Especially, yeah, like, exactly. Especially in the lens of how we're looking back on it now. Mario Mm. Kart 8 is the most beloved out of these top three, no question. Oh, absolutely. Uh, So, running through uh, Game Awards here, going back to 2003. Let me know, make some sound or something. You know, make some sound when there's one that really rubs you the wrong way. 2003 was Knights of the Old Republic. 2004, Half-Life 2. 2005, Resident Evil 4. You can't question these so far. 2006, Oblivion. 2007, Bioshock. Mm -hmm. Okay. There are galaxies out there. Uh, 2008, Fallout 3. I'll just pause on this, wait for somebody. Yeah, okay. I guess I, that is maybe one that people have turned on. Like, I that was really great at the time, and I had nothing but love for it then, but I feel like if we're talking about perception, it's shifted a little bit on the Bethesda Fallouts. Do you think that just overall our perception of Bethesda has shifted to an extent after Fallout 76 and even Fallout 4 for some people? Maybe, but there also is specific, like... Stuff that makes Fallout 3 hard to go back to, as far as gunplay. Yeah. Things of that nature. Uh, 2009. So is it stuff
3: that doesn't age well, or stuff that shouldn't have won even at the time? I think, I think... That our th- perception has
0: changed on, is the question, right? Yeah, okay. I think less, like, aging well. I think more it's just the idea of, like, oh, that's surprising. It doesn't feel like that deserved Like, it maybe we then. made a
3: mistake. Like, if we had yes. a time travel machine and didn't want to do something way more important, we'd be like... You sure?
0: Name one thing more important. Uh, Um, You know, you got me there. (laughs) 2009, Uncharted 2 (laughs) Among Thieves. 2010, Red Dead Redemption 1. 2011, which is weird that they called it that back then. Uh, 2011, Skyrim. 2012 is the first one I think that gives me pause here, which is The Walking Dead for 2012.
3: I was kind of eyeing that one too. I actually didn't play The Walking Dead, but...
0: Ooh, really? Okay.
3: Yeah, but like, maybe, I mean... I'm looking at the other list, like, the rest of the game's on the list, and, like, it's, you know, 58 at Journey, and I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You can do like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what else would have been, maybe Mass Effect 3? I feel like people vibe <sighs> with Mass Effect. Yeah. But I haven't actually, like, spent a lot of time with these. Dishonored's also pretty damn fun.
0: I do so. think, yeah, looking at 2012, yeah, you're right. So it's Walking Dead got 74 awards, Journey 58, Far Cry 3 53. I think I would go XCOM Enemy Unknown in a big way compared to everything else there. I would, too. It's interesting to see Halo 4 with the same amount, 21 uh, Game of the Year awards, for, again, perception changing. Yes. People talk about Halo 4 as, like, that's when we knew the series was in trouble. But it's interesting looking at this breakdown of media outlets Game of the Year awards, 14 versus Reader's Choice 7 for Halo 4, and then XCOM Enemy Unknown is all 21 were media outlets, zero Reader's Choice Game of the Year for XCOM Enemy Unknown. That's so bizarre. Yeah, it just didn't get the sales, I guess? Is that all that really indicates? I guess, yeah. Or it's a more refined taste that the media had to inform the masses about. Is that what you're saying, Leo? There certainly seem to be games that only critics really care about. Yeah, that's definitely which doesn't true. doesn't necessarily mean anything about their quality. Well, like,
3: critics and, like, the friends of critics. You know, like, because like, a lot of times I think our audiences will love what we love, which is like, see? It's like, yeah, but these are, like, hardcore gamers consuming, like, media content all the time. So it's kind of just a different different vibe.
0: Yeah um but yeah walking dead i I really enjoyed walking dead the story works maybe i'm just thinking about the idea of going back to it and how stiff some of those animations are and stuff but i remember hearing this interview one time with sean vanneman who was the creative director for walking dead back at telltale and i remember somebody asked him like if you had an infinite budget what would you want to do with it what game would you make and i still lose sleep over his answer where he said i would want to make just like a triple a version of the walking dead season one like, the game that we already made, but I want to make it look like The Last of Us. I was like, that's such a weird idea. I feel like those animations might have been simplistic compared to other things in the industry, but, like, it still worked. Well, what more do you want? The audience was crying, and it got Game of the Year. That's it. I remember specifically that being an especially poor running game for me. Like yeah? Like, it stuttered on every single... Decision you made. Every A button press would be a big lurch in the engine. <laughs> that I is would true. love to see a better take on that. Yeah. Maybe they, they probably already did, though, right? There's probably a release that's better. Uh, I don't think so. No.
3: I don't know, because the, like, the only um, thing I played from that team was, um, I think, like, the Batman decision, the Batman right. Telltale games, yep. which I loved, but... They were broken. Like, I played it on my Switch, and I, like, ran into, like, these crazy game-breaking bugs, episode-breaking stuff. I, I, But I liked it so much, I replayed one of the episodes, like, three times, just trying to will myself through it. And then I Googled around, like, maybe it's just because I'm on Switch or something. And people were like, there's problems anywhere, everywhere, and they can pop up at any time. And I'm like, well, this is the first and last that I'm playing from this team. And then that became really true. So... I'm yeah. sorry, but yeah. <laughs> well, I now know. they're they back. never really ran Quiro. Well.
0: Now Telltale's back making that uh, Star Trek game, right? Which is bizarre. Well, the
3: name is... Ba- How many is is the core team? Like, is any... Well, one... I think some people
0: from that team... Like, they just
3: bought the name.
0: Yeah, and then some... Which I think... The person involved with buying the name, Leo, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was like the original editor-in-chief of Game Informer. I forget her name, but I think she was associated with it in some way, which is really weird, like way back in 1991. But anyways, um, then there's like some core talent and leadership from telltale that is making that expanse game so it's weird that Telltale's back in a couple different forms and they're making an expanse telltale game uh, more like or a less Harvest
3: moon situation all yes over again exactly yeah like, it is but it isn't now it's story of seasons oh spoilers there, neither is quite good like <laughs> just walk away it's yeah.
0: confusing anyways 2014 yeah dragon age inquisition 2015 witcher 3 wild hunt 2016 uncharted 4
3: yeah, mm-hmm. I inside or Overwatch was my game of the year kind of that year. So I'm a little surprised, and even looking back at it, because I'm thinking of like who's what outlets picked what. Um, yeah, I'm a little surprised by it being the overall, but it's leading at 189 to 114 from Overwatch. Didn't didn't Stardew Valley exactly. come out that year?
0: That is, exact, I
3: only yes. played Stardew Valley in 2016.
0: <laughs> the only game, and the playing. fact <laughs>
1: that it's not on this, I played Stardew Valley and I played Overwatch.
0: Isn't that insane? Like, but it was, the, I
1: feel like. I feel like games media has changed a little bit to pick up some of these smaller games. Yeah. Because a lot of these early lists, I'm looking at them and I'm like, I didn't play any of these games, but I swear I was playing video games. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> that is crazy
0: that Stardew Valley is nowhere on this 2016 page. Let the Record Show was my number one pick back then. But yeah, it is bonkers. I mean, Trackmania Turbo got, me, got more awards in 2016 than Stardew Valley. What a, what a travesty. <laughs> uh, I like Uncharted 4, but I would take Stardew Valley over it. Uh, 2017, Breath of the Wild, Indisputable. 2018, God of War. All right. 2019, What? Death Stranding? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing here, buddy? That's, That's amazing. I mean, huh. I don't know. Janet, you're playing it now. Is there any chance that it deserves it?
3: I don't think so. Okay. I think I have to get kind of like, I'm enjoying what I've played so far, even though I'm only a few hours in, but it doesn't strike me as like, a game of the year um, and looking at the runner-ups here with like, I think RE2, as much as you know, y'all know how I feel about like remakes on these kinds of lists, but right. we're just looking straight up the quality of the game. Uh, I mean, that's like, I feel like it's one of the best games ever. RE2 remake. Absolutely. you um, made like a, an incredible game even better. Like it is like the pinnacle of what remakes are. Like it's a couple, it's the top of a couple things. Yes. So, yeah. I and mean, then Sekiro, I got to give that it's flowers too. Like, not my kind of thing, but that was huge. Yeah.
0: It is weird to see Death Stranding remembering that as more divisive. You know, I feel like people were split on that. But no, it's apparently the most agreed upon thing. Of the- <laughs> 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 and then 2020, which was Last of Us Part 2, which again, everybody agreed upon and loved. Uh, all right. Thank you, Pelican Man. Uh, Mike Lynch writes in, says, hey, cohorts. This is kind of a leading question. Says, happy new year with the MinMax Discord page lighting up green and yellow from all the new Wordle players. What mobile or daily game has taken over your life lately? Oh uh, yeah, the answer is Wordle. Mike Lynch, um, going in the next Discord every morning is so fun, just to see everybody blast those Wordle. What would you call them? Results. Sure. Emoji grids. Emoji
3: grids. That's that's more accurate.
0: Yeah. If you don't know what Wordle is, um, it is a small little game that you can play in your browser, on your phone, or anything, and it's just, hey, here's five letters try and guess what the word is and it's basically like mastermind like okay you got one letter right but it's in the wrong spot um and it's just a daily challenge there surprisingly addicting it's like this thing must have existed so many times in the past but for some reason right now everybody in the world it seems like or at least in the games media is obsessed with this thing And for some reason, it's every day at midnight all my friends start posting there. It's like they can't wait to do their one (laughs) puzzle of the day. Okay,
3: this is like sad share time or maybe it's not sad. I don't know. But for me, like I would like to go to bed earlier. Typically, I go to bed at midnight, maybe like one, two is maybe the latest I'll go. I'm like, I really should go to bed earlier. And now I feel like an additional incentive not to go to bed because I'm like, if I stay up to midnight, I can do the world before I go to sleep. It's like Christmas every night. Yeah, definitely. Like, Advent Calendar energy from Wordle <laughs> a little
0: bit. Uh, Sarah, are you too cool for Wordle? Is that what that
1: head shake is it's in not, It's not that I'm too cool for Wordle. It's uh-huh. that it has, like, infected all of my feeds. I had to block the word Wordle on Twitter because it's like I don't consent to being a part of whatever, like, whatever you're doing. Like, it's like if I was playing Wordle, I'd be like, that's awesome. Yeah. But now you're putting it in front of me, and I've seen it so much. It's like it's sort of become my like it's because it's like a villain to me. I'm like Wordle again. I'm here for memes. I don't know don't what this means.
0: It, don't put it on Twitter. It's yeah. like a Hades clear screen. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> put it in Discord if you really want to share it. Yeah, it's like going back to that day when was it uncharted 2 that had Titan where every time you beat a chapter, it would like update your Facebook friends about it. It's like what are you yeah. doing, man? That's outrageous. Uh, I really like uh, Wordle if you know if you want to play yeah, it's W O R D L E. And I like having like the Minmax Discord because they kind of give you some hints. Like there was one day a couple days ago or one word a couple days ago where everybody was like, I had to look this up afterwards to even see if it was a word. I've never heard this before in my life. I hate this. Do you remember what it was, Leo? Trust? No, trust. It was also the debatable. One with the pig? Yeah, I think so.
3: I forgot what that word was because it it it's not pig. real. It's not real
0: yeah that's right the word nah. was to truss up a pig but the acronym <laughs> for that no anyways i forget what the word was exactly but like i saw everybody just coming in with that and so at a certain point i was like i'm not even going to try this one if i've never heard of this word before but trust was debatable trust was on the edge uh i i got trust just by brute forcing oh, it, it. T- was, it was, was right. Then...
3: yeah what or is taper. it taper taper Ta- Oh, the T- animal you yeah, yeah, know that oh no i know, you know i know that?
0: taper i knew that one yeah
1: what? I what? love it. It's got, it got the little like, weird what? little nose
3: thing.
0: Yeah. No, it's got know the, the
3: messed up nose thing. I just,
0: in just watched Encanto. Okay. They're all over the place. Let me
3: know in the comments if y'all know. Y'all knew what that was. You I didn't <laughs> know what that was. I didn't know anyone that knew what that was. Do you
0: know what a taper is? Look, we'll have a Twitter poll.
3: I think it's like oh, one of the God. coolest
0: animals. It was like that was like a hipster animal to know as a kid. I feel like when I learned what a taper was, like it's weird to have a big. Thing. I think
3: like it's <laughs> what a cabi bar is. It's like, oh, this hmm. isn't that you know i think so but yeah. taper's bigger we
0: a taper should be in the league of like a a cow or an elephant or a rhino you know it's something big and cool like that that's really unique that just you think is made up they're both pretty big in the random humor scene for sure right right it's popping uh yeah rebus is the word thank you everybody jumping in on chat at backstage pass r-e-b-u-s was the word that was like not even going that one was also weird uh did i did i (laughs) did i see you also over break playing Babel royale yes a little bit Has anybody else seen this thing no it's uh it is a scrabble battle royale which is like, okay, I guess I can wrap my mind around it. But I didn't think that literally it'd be like, you're a tile, like dropping in. You gotta choose it's, where, it's amazing. You choose where you start. And then like it slowly closes in. And you like can get different skins for your letters and like that. It's so weird. It's very silly. And it has taught me, you know, a situation I didn't think I would have and didn't know I would respond to it this way. Seeing somebody else's letters or their word five squares away from you and having to hurry and think of a word before they do because it's about connecting to theirs rather than them connecting to yours that's what gets you kills that makes me freeze up so bad (laughs) like that specific interaction I'm I'm like way too overwhelmed I'm already stressed Uh, Hey, Morin writes in over on Patreon, and they say, Hey, Leo and the gang, Uh, below is a list of weapon names that the MinMax crew needs to guess if they are real weapons from Destiny 1 or 2, or if they are fake weapons created in the name generator. So there's a Destiny weapon name generator online, and so you have to determine, are these real, or are they fake? Did Bungie come up with these and actually implement them in the game? Uh, Leo, Skyburner's Oath... No, that's fake. That is real. Don't be a moron, Leo. Come on, man. Don't be a <laughs> here. Uh, I don't have it. <laughs> Sarah Fitzarsky, mm-hmm. burden of demise.
1: I, 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 want it to be real.
0: Uh huh. But your I guess is. I want it is... to be real. Uh huh.
1: But I feel like it's not real.
0: So your answer <laughs> is
1: not real. Is it real? Cur- Wait. Not real. It's not real. <laughs> Correct! As but they should make it real. It's
0: possible. Uh Janet, the lingering prophecy.
3: Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Sure, real.
0: <laughs> that is fake. Come on, get it yeah. together, everybody. Leo, backhanded compliment. Real. That is real, of course. Sarah, legend of Acrius.
3: real
1: correct
0: sarah flawless so far janet the titanium verdict real that is fake
3: i'm just going with the um when you don't know anything at the school test i'm like i'm just gonna whatever you ask me i'm gonna say real it's really smart statistically those are my best odds because i'm basing it on nothing (laughs) the
0: equivalent of b uh leo happy boomer (laughs) real that is real. Correct. Uh, Sarah Buzorski, good bone structure.
1: I'm trying to think of what weapon that would even be.
0: Mm-hmm. Or if the generator would be capable of generating that. Interesting. Yeah.
1: I'm going to say it's real.
0: Correct. Sarah, Destiny Master, flawless I've never played, victory. I never played de-
1: <laughs> I haven't played any Destiny. I, I don't know what this game is.
0: It Look, sounds like you'd be good at it. Yeah, and it has a I horse want, in it, so it's a one-two punch. I want punch. the
1: celestial horse, and that's it.
0: <laughs> uh, Ricky Winterborne <laughs> writes in over on Patreon and says, Hey, I just finished playing It Takes Two with my wife and was shocked at how good of a game it was. I agree, Ricky. Um, my first thought was that Haze Light should make a fully 3D take on the old Mario and Luigi series. It's a good match, right? What do you want him to work on next? Um, that'd be good. I mean, those are more RPGs, but I would... Like, if it takes two maybe minus some of the divorce stuff, but if it was just reskinned and released with like that platforming prowess and design sensibilities and interesting ideas, and it was just Mario and Luigi as you're playing as people would be hailing it as the second coming of Christ. People would be saying, this is the greatest Nintendo game Mario game since galaxy. I really think
3: yeah. I sincerely think that you're probably right And that. Well, I feel like it'd be a conversation. It would come up.
0: It would certainly come up. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Is there any thoughts on what they want Hazelight to do after It Takes Two? Um, Whatever I mean, they want. If, <laughs> if, <laughs> thanks, sir. <laughs> if they're going to focus as on split screen stuff, I can just say what me and my girlfriend really want someone to make, which is just a split screen game that's really pretty and has combat, but also has farming, but also has an open world that you can explore and come back and build your base and stuff. Huh, so not... A Stardew Valley. No. And not like a My Brady. Time at Porsche or something. You want like a good-looking co-op farming game. And split-screen. Split-screen.
1: And do you want some that. monsters or no monsters?
0: Some monsters are welcome. Okay. Monsters oh. welcome. Okay. A little it freaky. Feels
1: kind of like a Valheim Stardew Valley mashup.
0: Right, right. Yeah. I feel like there are probably solutions for that, but only in online co-op. No one's making split-screen anything meaningful. Mm-hmm. I was amazed. I just searched the other day that Sea of Thieves still doesn't have split screen. And I, I don't even think that they mentioned it or said that it's coming at any point, but I used to assume that like a game like that, like, oh, it seems like a younger audience. It seems like they should try and get that running in split screen, but what do I know? Man, those kids got Christmas. PCs.
1: What are you talking about? I guess you're
0: right, yeah. Um, yeah, like in um, an interview that went up over the break, uh, if you didn't catch it on MinMex's YouTube, it was with uh, Tim Schafer uh, from Psychonauts 2, obviously, and then Yosef uh, Ferris from... It Takes Two, just talking about those games and designing platformers. But in that interview, uh, Joseph says that he says he's seriously considering what a sequel to this game would look like for It Takes Two, which I hope they don't make sequels. Like, I enjoyed It Takes Two a lot, but I would love to see them make something just as it bold and three. weird. That's it. You know?
1: Then they can Kinda bring in neglected the neglected child into it.
0: <laughs> yeah, the book. Ooh, just the book and the child going on a journey together. <laughs> It sounds perfect.
3: <laughs> it sounds horrifying. It sounds. Um, horrifying. I want to see a new genre because I feel like each. Uh, I don't know what genre would you call Brothers.
0: Puzzle adventure? platformer adventure. Puzzle platformer. I, yeah. I don't know.
3: Puzzle platformer sounds right. I feel like they've branched out at least a little bit. They kind of use like each game as like a fulcrum to the next like genre seed. Right. Um. So even though like I think their platforming skills are like really. Like solid. Um, I'd like to see a take on something else, so I think Leo's idea is cool. Yeah,
0: do that. Uh, huh. Nick from Atlanta writes in and says, Hey, Happy New Year, cohorts! It's 2022, and that means a brand new year of fantasy critic is happening. If you're not familiar, it's like fantasy football, but you're drafting video games you think will do well. I'd love for anybody that's interested cohort or community to join us in the community gaming channel in the MinMax discord, which community members can access for only $2 a month. Says Nick from Atlanta. That's not my plug. It's his. He says, uh, bragging rights, maybe the respect of others, maybe more. So you choose games and then based on the open critic score, you tallied up at the end of the year, who did the best, which is a fun idea. So you can jump in there and, and join them. Uh, as a question though, what are some sleeper choices of games that you think will do well this year? Review score wise for 2022.
1: I don't know if it has a release date yet, but I'm looking forward to Stray, the Annapurna game. Yeah. I don't know if it's coming out in 2022, though. It has the window for 2022. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that game.
0: I think... Um,
1: but I don't know if it'll be a sleeper. What Are you, are you guys going to play it? This is, oh, how, yeah. this is how I'll judge it. I'll,
0: I'll check it out, yeah.
3: Okay, so it'll be a sleeper. It's so. not on the top of, like, your... That's, like, one of my most anticipated <laughs> games oh, for really? like the last, like, two years. Yeah. Wow. Like, Cat, PlayStation. PlayStation Cat? Yeah. You can't.
0: There it is. Um, in terms of games, I think will do well review-wise for this type of thing. I think Gran Turismo 7 is one of those that none of us here are probably counting down the days until it releases, but everybody reviewing that game is going to be somebody that's been reviewing hardcore car games for a long time, and I bet that game's going to do very well critically, kind of like a Forza Horizon 5 situation. Uh, otherwise, like Sifu, seems like people were really hot on it for the preview, so that seems like a safe bet, right, for jumping in there for reviews dune spice wars will probably be pc gamer game of the year interesting i hope so i'm looking forward to that weird thing uh mick manga writes in and says a few episodes ago janet said how many games she beat during 2021 so how did the rest of in max fare myself i beat 44 different games although if i include multiple playthroughs during 2021 that number goes up to 55 my god very impressive mick um janet what was your number again the holy number
3: um, probably 49, maybe 50, but have some maybe embargo stuff that makes it not 50. So I would just say 49.
0: Interesting. Leo, did you count this stuff up on your end? No, I didn't. I but didn't I doubt it would be many more than uh, 10. I doubt it would be many more than my top 10. But yet, yeah, Janet gets killed a Fake Gamer all the time, and I don't. Why would that be?
3: <laughs> I know, it's weird. Uh, it's hard to guess what any reason of that could be. There, there's no way of knowing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think I'd probably be around like the 15 mark, probably something like that. But I played, I counted that up and I started 106 games. Mm-hmm. So if anybody... I want to try
3: to keep track of that next year, I think. Yeah, it's kind year. of fun.
0: Maybe a little bit meaningless, but kind of fun. Uh, let's see. Mason Cowell writes in and says, Hey all in the last two days I put about 20 hours into Darkest Dungeon after waiting and waiting for the right time to play it for years. Turns out getting COVID is the right time to play a punishing turn-based dungeon crawler. All that to say, it's rare for a game to grab me that hard these days. What's the game you least expected to grab you that got that you got absolutely obsessed with?
3: FIFA, I think. Was really? probably one of mine. Really? Yeah, just because I'm not that... Um, it, well, least expected is a little strong because I've played some sports games in the past, but usually not the actual Sims. It'll be like arcadey stuff. Uh, with the exception of Madden in 03, which I only learned because my brother's like, you got to play this with me. And I'm like, well, I'm not just, this is what we're doing now. So I'm going to learn how to play it. And eventually I did kind of like it to a degree and learned how to like actually call plays and not just ask Madden every time I went up, which was my original strategy. (laughs) But yeah, I, I love FIFA. Um, I play it every year. I've been playing it every year since FIFA 16. Um, And it's like one of my most played games, like consistently on whatever platform I'm on. Um, And yeah, that one's, that was an awesome one. I, I, Think for me that one has also helped me understand like soccer and like soccer more because you once you learn how to like watch the games, like they become a lot more exciting. So being able to like really see stuff and I feel like they both kind of feed into each other's hobby, which is really fun. Um and yeah, I'm always doing like tournaments and stuff with my brother. I don't do any of the ultimate team stuff. Like I don't I don't do any of like the regular stuff. I'm just like it's just me and my brother and we write out on a piece of like you know presentation board like this is our little tournament and at the end someone wins and it doesn't matter at all we just do another one and it's super fun um in horizon just because open world stuff doesn't always click for me and yeah. i'm like in love with that game
0: do you think it's a uh, what the world aloy
3: i think it's um the fact that the combat's really damn good yeah. and like i love the uh granularity of the like parts and it having like different um, you know, weaknesses that are elemental based. Like I'm a big fun, fan of elemental stuff in games, I think. And I feel like too, even though it's open world, the stuff that you can do is narrow enough that I want to do it all. And then like more stuff appears and I'm like, now I'll do that. And it has um, crafting. And I, li- I personally really like crafting in games. Like I'll walk around, I'm picking up all these twigs. Like I'm, you know, killing, looking for where can I farm rats? Cause like those are hard to find. And I just like every portion of it. Like, it's just a really... And it reminded me of, like, okay, I don't think I'm totally off base when maybe some of these other world games don't fully click for whatever reasons, like Far Cry or, D- to a degree, even um, Ghost. I'm like, this is what the pinnacle of this looks like. And it just kind of reminded me of how great that genre can be when it's when it's really singing on all its notes. But, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Ted Reiser, new supporter at the Wall of Heroes tier. Thank you, Ted. Uh, says, hey, how do you feel about discussing games... In a professional setting, I was confused about what he meant by this, but let him go on. He says, I'm a dermatologist and I'm always hesitant to bring up gaming even when patients are playing on their Switch when I come in the room. Part of me thinks it'd be a nice way to build rapport. Part of me imagines parents rolling their eyes as I compare my Halo Infinite rank with their kids. Ted, you should absolutely talk to people about video games if they're playing a Switch at the dermatologist's office? Absolutely.
3: Don't be Especially ashamed. Especially if they're playing Halo on Switch. That's pretty wild. Yeah, these kids are out of control.
0: <laughs> I assume it's at Roblox or something. But yeah, I mean, absolutely bring that up. I think that'd be a joy. And it would make the kid just eager to go back to the dermatologist's office. Just think of it. <laughs> Mommy, can we go again today? <laughs> TED Talks games. I don't know. Have you ever felt anything like this, Sarah? Hesitant to bring it up in a professional setting?
1: I mean, you'd have to like define professional setting because right. it's like. Usually, uh, I can talk to people about it. Like, usually, they'll be able to... It's surprising how many people play games. Honestly, everyone's like, oh, maybe it's not, you know, everybody. But literally, everybody has a game that they've played that they want to talk about. So, usually, you can put some time in with that. Um, It wasn't a professional setting, but I was on, like, a 16-hour flight back from Japan to the U.S. for the holidays. And I mentioned to the guy, like, next to me, he was just chatting me up, and I mentioned that I, like, worked in video games. And honest to God, he turned to me, and he said do you think video games are art <laughs> and it's a 16 hour flight oh and that's why I had to sit next to
0: <laughs> and your answer was
1: I said it, it honestly depends on what you're talking about because there's not like an answer that's, that's a non-answerable question you could say yes you could and you say yes say no you could just <laughs> say
0: yes <laughs> let it sit uh, say yes and then ask for a seat change. I think is how it works.
1: Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, I need to move.
0: <laughs> I, I can't think about this topic anymore. Pl- Point to the in-flight games.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the word these Scrabble are art stuff.
0: This is art. This is art.
1: Whoever's in 16C is doing really well at Scrabble.
0: <laughs> <That art. laughs> the redefining art. Uh, Doreen Claire <laughs> writes in and says, "Hey, what do y'all think about New Year's resolutions? Do they get too much hate or just the right amount? How important is goal setting for y'all as a whole?" Wow. What hate do they get? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe people are sick of them on Twitter somewhere. I assume somewhere in dark corners of the internet, people I have turned I see people hard. hating
3: on New Year's resolutions. They're like, who cares? Like, it's just another day. And I'm like, all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it, Janet, you seem to be the master of resolutions. It's every day you're waking up earlier to run farther and to do <laughs> 600 sit-ups instead of 500 and all that fun stuff.
3: Y'all know that after I do that kind of stuff, though, I do go to sleep, which I do post about, too. But I guess I I get enough credit because of the initial thing. Like, I'll run really far. But that's the one thing I do that day. Afterwards, I go to sleep. I shower. I eat. I sleep. That's the whole day. That one thing. That one moment of glory. But um, I like to, you know, I think it's important to utilize the passing of time, even though time is arbitrary. But it is the way Mm -hmm. that we, like, conceptualize the world so i don't think it's worth being like oh who cares it's just like something we made up it's like yeah but it's just you know it kind of just helps with moving things along and that's what i like about like holiday seasons and stuff too like i go all out for like halloween and christmas like it's just a fun way to make it more than just tuesday right you know? um yeah i like to do resolutions and then i like to break those out into like monthly goals um how successful am i it's pretty mixed usually i can get on a good year, like thirty percent of my resolutions, maybe if That's that. Fine. Um, but I think I one thing I wanna work on is acknowledging just the good things that do happen, because those aren't always resolutions or things I plan for. And I wanna be able to like acknowledge the success I do have, even though it's not the stuff I was initially gunning for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's good to it's a nice reset time that we can all like reflect and maybe switch some things up. Yeah
0: do it. Set one, everybody. Why the hell not? What's it going to hurt? Just to have something in the back of your mind? Like, you know, doing BetterQuest for a year and a half with Jeff Cork. It is weird that I have this big list of things like, okay, should I do this for BetterQuest? I don't know if I'm going to lock this in as my goal, but it turns out even if it's not locked in as the goal for the month, it's just having these goals in a Google Doc, like, it propels you to do those types of things. So like, oh yeah, this is my goal. I should just start doing that anyway, even though it's not a concrete thing. So just a nice reminder to improve in all these aspects. That's That's worth doing. Yeah, I don't take the time at New Year's to think of resolutions or whatever, but I do have my goals split up by year. Historically in my notebook, I have Ideal Me 2018. I ideal have me that too. Oh <laughs> my wow. god. Oh.
3: But I don't do per year. That's hardcore.
0: <laughs> so so what is ideal year twenty eighteen? And are you that person yet, Leo? Uh let's see. Well, I don't I have Ideal Me 2021 on my desk right now. Okay. But
1: who was Ideal Leo 2018?
0: I don't know that man. <laughs> A real stinker on pilot's online.
3: license. It's like, what? was this on here?
0: <laughs> uh, more deep chats, not just with my girlfriend, Marie, who we always have deep chats, but with everyone important to me. Interesting. Which I've been making progress in that direction. Yeah. Always growing, not working harder, but being more in touch with myself and focusing on what's important. I think that's important for me is not reminding myself, like, this stuff doesn't mean working harder. Just, like, rearranging my... My goals. Yeah, I don't know. There's a few things on there. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful, Leo. See, Sarah, aren't you feeling bad for scoffing now at the idea of setting goals for yourself?
1: Well, I didn't realize they were going to be good goals. <laughs> I feel like I feel like my goals are always like dumb. Like, this year, I will work out more, and then I don't do it, and it just becomes a way to like be harder on myself. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is the first year that I've just agreed, like, okay, no goals. I'm just going to try to, like, do my best, take care of myself. Like it's 2022. I've been in a pandemic for three years. Like just to be nicer to myself because I feel like sometimes I can take those resolutions and like turn them inward against myself. Mm -hmm. So we're just not going to do it this year.
0: Yeah, that's smart. Definitely. it's Important to also have on your list of goals is like be patient with myself in reaching Mm -hmm. these other goals. I will fail a lot this year. Yeah. Uh, Justin Ray writes in and says, Happy New Year! Have you ever done the deepest dive and had a developer of the game reach out after? Uh, Yeah, a couple times. I'm trying to think of specific examples, but it is uh, very sweet. And I just think about it from the developer's perspective of like, yeah, of course, if there's somebody that's going through exhaustive detail of your game, you would want to listen to that, right? Not saying like, everybody needs to listen if you're a developer, but I think it'd be the most interesting thing to listen to instead of just reading a review or something. Like, you know, Leo, I don't know, do you remember, um, do you ever watch any of those reaction videos that people used to do to our rapid fire videos at Game Informer? I watched one or two when I was the target. It's really <laughs> compelling. I really loved it because like to have second by second feedback of like, oh, should we have cut that joke? Did that joke totally not land? It turns out, yeah, most of them do not land at all or are just confusing outside of that room and like. I guess when no one at GI speaks up, you don't know until it goes out there, and then Call of Duty fans are watching it, like, what the hell does that mean? That is stupid. This yeah, guy sucks. I, a diehard Spider Man fan watching the Spider Man one for information, and through every joke, just the consistent look on his face. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, Oddly but, gratifying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember um, after The Last of Us Part 2, uh, Deepest Dive, like Neil Druckmann was DMing about, like, specific moments in that deepest dive. I was like, oh, that makes me feel good. Because, like, Charles McGregor was on that one, and he's a huge fan of Naughty Dog. So it's cool that, like, oh, Charles McGregor got to voice his thoughts about Neil Druckmann's game, and Neil Druckmann listened to him for hours doing it. That's crazy. And it really warmed my heart because in that deepest dive, I even remember, we are joking around about Abby collecting coins and quarters, and that, (laughs) but, like, we are trying to predict what would happen in the future in the game, because we're only like halfway through it or something. And we're like, okay, Abby's collecting all these coins. Maybe she's going to put them in a bag and then use that as a weapon and then say badass lines that she's like beating people to death with her sack of quarters. Sack of nickels. And then everybody in the community, because <laughs> we were like, oh, it needs a good one-liner. She used to have a one-liner for that. And everybody in the community submitted one-liners. What she would say is she's beating somebody to death with a bag of quarters. And uh, somebody submitted one, which then Neil Druckmann quoted Back to me, or was like, well, that's the greatest compliment, is he liked this joke, which was, Abby saying, I'm going to put my money where your mouth is, which is <laughs> solid. Anyways, well, uh, Chris Hoska says, hey, gang, uh, Hanson mentioned the director's commentary that was included in Thomas Was Alone on this week's Minnax Council, the Patreon exclusive podcast. It got me thinking, if only there were modern director's cut versions of games today, what game, past, present, or future would you most like to hear a director's commentary on? I know Hansen will hate this pick, but I'd really love one for Kingdom Hearts 3. Trying to understand the mind of Tetsuya Nomura would be worth any price they might charge for it. Here's a spoiler. You will never understand the mind of Tetsuya Nomura. Just let it go. You'll never get that insight, I promise. Uh, Yeah, commentary tracks you want in games. I thought something like uh, Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain, where it's so clearly cut corners like so clearly unfinished as much as I adore that game and you can hear those stories of like what was supposed to be here you know what was the idea behind this and what we didn't get to pay off about it I feel like that'd be the most interesting yeah and that I mean in the realm of possibilities it's like I could see a world where Kojima at some point does something like that an unofficial commentary track for all of his previous games you know somebody's a little more reflective but just a downloadable cassette tape pack to listen to while you play it yeah yeah, my first thought was like Shadow of the Colossus, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy 7 with Tetsuya Nomura so we can really understand what's happening in his mind. Uh, those types of things, Chris. I love commentary tracks, though. I'd love more of them in games. Uh, Holden Hints says, hey, Minnie Mouses, I use howlongtobeat.com as my gaming Bible. Oh, it's nice. Uh, I will reference it before after and during a game I play. I will decide... Uh, I will let it decide whether I purchase a game or not. Uh, thank you, Holden. Uh, he has. Right here. A list of genres, and he's asking to give the perfect number of hours for each genre. Ooh, okay. I really like this as an idea. So we all just jump out there, and Th- they're correct answers. It's a trivia. Correct. Uh, Third-person action adventure. Which ten, 10 hours? I think because I thought of like Uncharted or something, where it's like I think
3: twelve. Yeah, with or without side quests. Without. Well, what's the t- main main campaign? Because there's main, okay. there's main plus. Extras and then there's completionist Yeah, hell on a beat.
0: but there's stuff like, oh, this could be Arkham Knight, and I would take a ten-hour Arkham Knight, but I think that might be a little bit light for open-world stuff. So, I think it kind of depends on open-world or not here, Holden. But indie side scroller, ideal number of hours, eight. Like a
1: platform? Is, like, is it a roguelike?
0: I think let's say platformer. A platformer. It says side scroller. Okay. Let's, let's just assume platformer.
3: Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Because then I can pretend I was, that maybe it's slower. Yeah. I was going to go eight.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Uh, 3D platformer. Uh,
3: how long was Mario Odyssey?
0: I, I think like 10 for me. Somewhere in that window, 10 to 15. Yeah, I'm thinking how long was it takes too. And if we can do like two thirds of that, it would probably it takes two so be so long. Idea. Mario Everybody,
3: Odyssey, according to how long it be, is 12 and a half. Um... It takes two, according to how long to
0: beat. Yeah, I'm very curious because it's not that much more. But everybody was just insisting that it takes
3: twelve. No, man. It's well, I think that's proof that time is a construct, or that time is not (laughs) a construct, but that time is uh, what's relative. Relative to what you're doing. Um, Yeah. No.
0: No. So somewhere (laughs) it's it's the exact length of Mario odyssey but absolutely not the length of it takes two that's the
3: 100 <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. okay got it um well i think there's there's something to be said that you can feel the length and it takes two and you don't in odyssey
0: yeah yeah probably uh first person shooter campaign
1: campaign six hours four I, hours like five hours yeah honestly if there's, yeah, if there's like, per if, per like if it's like yeah if there's like a bigger multiplayer behind it
0: I think there's a reason that Titanfall 2 has the best campaign of all time for a shooter and it's the fact that, yeah, it tightens it all down and gets it done in, what, five hours? It's just beautiful. That's uh, right. JRPG. Oh my god. Two hours.
1: <laughs> Is this how much I'm 45? willing to put up with? Your yeah, I was going to say like 40.
0: You're ideal. I think, I think 30. My ideal? Yeah.
1: 20. Under 10. 10 would be perfect.
0: Okay, yeah, if it was like 30, I would actually try them right. It's like you can do it, you can do it 30. Like, are you a Yakuza guy, Leo? I've liked Yakuza in the past, yeah. I fell off okay, I low key fell off. You didn't, Nexus
3: is 24 and a half hours, Leo. It was pretty good from what I played of it, but I did not finish it.
0: You can't afford not to play Scarlet Nexus, Leo.
1: Hey, I'll say 25 (laughs) for JRPG because I do enjoy Yakuza.
0: Okay, there it is. Brandon Scott writes in and says, howdy gang. What do y'all think about games forcing you to lose your equipment for a section of the game? That one island in Breath of the Wild and the pit DLC in Fallout 3 come to mind. I really enjoy these sections because it encourages you to use weapons or abilities you normally ignored. What do you Mm. think about those sections?
1: I feel like Mm. it's the game developers trying to teach me a lesson that I don't want to learn, right? Because they're like, remember when you had nothing? And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, and I didn't enjoy that either.
0: I got out of that spot. It, it's such like a classic video game thing. I'm almost excited mm-hmm. every time it happens because it reminds you, like, yeah, this is, this is a video gamey ass video game I'm playing. They're doing the video game thing for this section. You got to have it.
3: I wish I could know that I was whether or not I was getting it back after, though, because sometimes you don't get it back after.
0: That is, yeah, it's just a heads up. I don't know how they do that narratively, to be like, okay, you're in a tough spot, Solid Snake, but... Don't like, worry. are you sure we'll you don't want to
3: put this in a crate first? <laughs> <I don't laughs>
0: right, <know>. right. <laughs> Village had a great one. I it was definitely thinking of Village too. Depends on the game and how well that section is designed to where you're not just like missing stuff constantly. And Village, right. I was it was exciting to go, Oh, my tools are kind of pared down here and I kind of know better what I need to do because I don't have so many options of what to do. But I like those sections too. Red Dead 2 also has a great one when you're kidnapped. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah! Uh, oh, I
1: died a lot. I just ran for it.
0: Smart. God, I was looking Great at game. some Red Dead Redemption Two gameplay over the break again. I always forget how good that game looks. Like, I think, like, somebody on Reddit shared a clip, and not to make this more horsey, but shared a clip, I don't know if anybody else saw this, of, like, it was an animation of them jumping a fence with a horse in Red Dead 2, but the horse's hoof got caught in between things on the fence, and it was, like, and it was all, like, beautifully animated. Like, how do you account for that? It is so bonkers. Uh, So then I just went down this rabbit hole of watching, like, old videos where they dissect the animations of horses in Red Dead Sarah, I think what I'm trying to say is I have become a horse girl officially because I was officially, very into it. It was really to the club. Thank you. Uh, Tanner Metvin says, Hey, everybody. I've been watching the new season of Cobra Kai and one character plays a game that looks like a cross between Fortnite and RuneScape. This prompted me to go down a rabbit hole of video games and other media and now I have a little trivia game for you. Each question will be about the mention of it or a depiction of a video game in a movie or TV show. Thank you, Tanner. All right. Here we go. The 1997 John Cusack film Gross Point Blank features what id software game as an arcade cabinet? Is it A, Wolfenstein 3D? B, Doom 2? C, Quake? Or D, Leo, is it Tiles of the Dragon? Um, Quake? Uh, sorry, this was a Doom 2 arcade cabinet, apparently, in the John Cusack film. Uh, number two, some of the most common... Some of those common mistakes are scenes where two people play single-player games at the same time. Janet, (laughs) which PlayStation 1 game had that honor in the 2000 Charlie's Angels movie? Was it Resident Evil 2, Oddworld Abe's Odyssey, Final Fantasy VIII, or Parasite Eve? What were two people playing together with two controllers? The
3: first one? Resident
0: Evil 2? Uh, No, that would make sense. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII, there were two controllers (laughs) plugged in, which, (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong, Final Fantasy fans, in, in nine? Can you play with multiple people? Am I, is there secretly a co-op thing? Is six? I know there's, a, it's the co-op Final Fantasy thing, there's an undercurrent where it's possible in some games. Anyways, uh, let's see. It's Sarah. In True Blood, when one character's older mother needs to be distracted, they say she'll get focused playing Wii. What game does she play? Dead Space Extraction, Red Steel, Mad World, or House of the Dead Overkill? That was going to be Ella
1: what i was I thinking we like it would be in we golf we fit
0: no she needs to, Can I hear she the, needs to the, relax and get distracted by the, dead, the, dead space the, extraction the, the, red steel mad world or house of the dead overkill
1: i'm gonna go with the red steel one
0: sorry it's dead space extraction i don't i don't farce. know what any of those are no. i
3: would have uh, thought house of the dead
0: uh leo in the 2005 film jarhead jake gyllenhaal mockingly asked a fellow marine what he'd be doing if he was a civilian Saying he'd be staying. Oh, this is vulgar. He'd be staying up late, jacking off, playing blank, trying to get to that ninth level. Another <laughs> Marine interjects, saying, You know what happens when you get there? Nothing. You start all over again. What game are they talking about where you start all over if you get to the ninth level? Is it Super Mario Brothers, Medal of Honor, Galaga, or Metroid? Wow. Um, hmm. Galaga? No, Metroid, apparently, is what they say you start over with if you get to that ninth level, which we all recall, which is why it was honored with MinMax's Game of the Year uh, for the community. Uh, Okay, Janet, on Law & Order SVU, Ice-T discusses a game with its developer and says, quote, I read on blank that it's better than Civ 5 with the Brave New World expansion pack.
3: <laughs> I swear to god I watched this episode. What, what website?
0: What website did Ice T read this on? Was it IGN, GameSpot, Kotaku, or Game Informer?
3: Um
0: It's not a hard question just which like, site is Ice T like the biggest fan of.
3: <laughs> I feel like it's not IGN or Kotaku, so I'm going to say it's um I'm going to say it's Game Informer.
0: Oh, we would have lost our minds if that happened. But no, it is Kotaku, of course. He's really? a big Kotaku fan. Yep, huge fan. Uh, there we go. Thank you, Tanner, for doing all that research and writing all those in. Uh, Interesting. What do you all like for question of the week? Hmm. Let's hmm. go through all the ones I remember. I liked Doreen Claire's about the New Year's resolutions. I thought it was a basic one, if I may... But then I think Leo whipping out his journal was something I didn't expect. We uh, went to meet Ideal Leo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We met it's Ideal Leo. Ask. That's right. Okay, I can't wait to form. meet him
3: in,
1: uh, in 2023. At the end I'd, of Yeah, I'd say give it
0: about 2026. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, hang on. Pelican Man wrote in about that one about former games of the year. I mean, that Yeah, was, I think
3: that one was had some good comments. I want to do it.
0: a whole podcast on just the information on gameawards.net.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you want
0: to <laughs> give it to Pelican Man? I would. Sarah, will you please abide by this?
1: I will abide by it.
0: There we go. Congratulations, Pelican Man. You won Question of the Week. Thanks to im 8 Bit, They're going to ship out a uh, copy of Carto. Now it's time for something that we, of course, call... Get a load of this. And these are going to be super good because we had the entire break. And more. Really all... It, this is like two months yeah. worth of getting loads of stuff and then just blasting it. Um, Leo, what do you think? What? <laughs> do you have a get a load of this? Sorry, I was pulling up my get a load of this. <laughs> yeah, do you want to read it, though? Oh, great. Get a load of this. Okay. Uh, So, my cat hates human food, remarkably. My cat, Doctor. Even chunks of meat, things you'd think he would like, he just has no interest in. And historically... For the last few years, he'd not only not be interested in my meals, but he would scratch like he was in the litter box next to them. Calling my cooking uh, poop. Wow. Is how I always interpreted it. Wow, Doc. But I learned recently that the reason cats do that scratch around human food or their food is actually to because they're miming their instinct of uh, hiding it from predators. Oh. And so, really, what he's trying to do is protect my food. Oh, nobody else eats it. That's, that's beautiful. beautiful. So they're also trying to protect their poop from predators.
3: That's a different kind of scratching. It's, that's a
0: different. Kind you're of scratching. mistaking that instinct for the other one. Is what I the see. article that I'll link. Uh, the cats can
3: only yet. do like three things, so yeah. they just alternate all these behaviors for different things.
0: <laughs> I love right. it. I love it. That's beautiful. Got to look at the intent though.
3: Uh, hey, get a load
0: of this. Uh, this Billy Eilish character. We all know and love. First um, on SNL a little while ago or something, right? Um, weird fact Does everybody know who Billie Eilish's mom is? Because Yes. Okay. She She's was
1: a famous lady. So was her dad, though, too.
0: But her mom apparently is an actor and she was the voice of Samara in Mass Effect 2. For a weird little factoid. So there we go. There's a connection between Mass Effect 2 and Billie Eilish. I will pause for wowed. Sounds from the audience, thank you. Thank you for sending those our way. Uh, Sarah, you feel really good about yours?
1: Mm, Mine's a so-so one. Okay,
0: great. Hit us. Let's go. Not a
1: a lot of news in this 2022. Uh Um, I've been keeping track of now that uh, the Final Fantasy VII Remake is available on PC. That's right. I've been keeping track of all the mods that are slowly being integrated into the game. Uh, and some of my favorites are the McDonald Sephiroth, where he looks like a crazy version of Ronald McDonald, <laughs> here to murder you. And they look like this in the cutscenes. So amazing. They just the model's completely different. Um replacing a model of Scarlet with Cloud's Buster Sword. So you're just <laughs> swinging a body around instead of a sword. <laughs> Um, and then there's like the usual ones, like Cloud gets to wear his gorgeous dress the entire game. They That's all good. get to wear their like fancy schmancy dresses. And then there's just a weird one that just puts dirt on Aerith's face. There's just like some a smudge of dirt on her cheek. Uh huh. Okay. Uh-huh. And then I really appreciate there's some quality of life ones that are in so you can put more materia onto some of the bracelets than you could before okay um there's one that will just 100% your game if you don't want to have to switch over your ps4 stuff to pc
0: that's smart. so you can
1: just put that right. one in so yeah i'm really i don't know i might it's been it's gonna be so long before the next one comes out i might play this on pc again
0: Ooh, that'd be
2: with awesome. all the
1: mods installed for my entertainment yeah what mod would you put in All of them. I want the Scarlet as the Buster Sword. I want Cloud in a Dress. I want McDonald's Sephiroth. And I want the updated Materia slots.
0: Just make it it's easy. Absolutely. I
1: want it to be easy.
0: Got it. Uh, Hey, get a load of this. Uh, Mike Lynch in the Discord, uh, he shared this clip, which is a tweet, um, which uh, the Twitter user WhiteHat94 says, why does the intro to Terminator 2 on Super Nintendo do the exact same gag from Austin Powers? And I'd never seen Terminator 2 on the Super Nintendo, but obviously we know Terminator 2 opens with Arnold Schwarzenegger the Terminator some would say going back in time and being naked and I guess in the opening of this side scroller in Super Nintendo you're naked Arnold Schwarzenegger and then you're walking towards the bar to the right but they have a fence like perfectly covering his genitals and then where the fence goes away like a motorcycle times by just perfectly it's just some good genital fun stuff for the Super Nintendo everybody so there's a link below if you want to see it, uh, I like it A little bit. <laughs> yeah uh, hey Janet what do you got
3: uh, get a load of this. Xbox is collabing with a uh, nail company to make nail polish that matches your controllers or can match your controllers, and then you get in-game cosmetics that's also that hue. So I'm just, enjoy- I always like these little uh, collabs that folks do, and I- this is one I don't think I would have expected at all. Um, so yeah, seems fun.
0: Yeah. Do you think Forspoken will try and do something like that uh, when the game comes out? Because the whole thing is about.
3: Oh, like giving yourself buffs yeah and you got the oh. fingernail
0: polish is like a big thing i think going to,
3: need to do something because i feel like the forespoken vibes have been not great the last like few weeks a
0: little rough could, you, could yeah. use
3: some some positivity
0: yes kyle and i talked about it in a standalone video if you want to check it on our youtube channel um all right plugs everybody uh what do we got going on leo what do you got going on man just shot my new video. It'll be going up next week on YouTube.com/slash so Leo Vader. I'm really excited about it. Nice, What's, big one. Big, big one. Ring in the new year. It's about cereal mascots. Oh, I love cereal mascots. Sarah, what do you got?
1: Oh, I just got my Twitch channel at SarahPods. We are playing through Near automata a game that i have never played before despite being in the office when people were working on it that's bizarre so yeah it's i just put on the blinders so i was busy uh so we're working through that and then you can follow me on twitter also at Sayerpods.
0: love it janet
3: uh, I'm everywhere on the internet at Game Onysis. That's Game O-N-Y-S-U-S. Uh, and you can check out my writing on my site, Pen2Pixels, because I plan on writing a lot more this year. Spoilers for when I eventually announce like, what's new to my content this year, but mm-hmm. I want to write more. So uh, you can check out the list I have already on there and reviews, previews that I've uh, had posted as well.
0: Awesome. Love it. Uh, let's see, on Minimax's end, we have Max Council, which is our Patreon-exclusive podcast. Kyle joined me this week. Uh, we talked about Licorice Pizza the new movie from Paul Thomas Anderson. So if you're interested in that type of thing, we talked about the Ken Levine news about his game, going through some development woes, according to Jason Schreier and Bloomberg. Uh, We also talked about reaction to the two tens. Kyle breaks down his trip to Hawaii, a bunch of fun stuff in there. So check that out. Um, Also, we mentioned it before, but the deepest dive on Halo Infinite that is up on our YouTube channel. And in the Patreon exclusive podcast feed, the same place where Mimnax Council is our bonus podcast each and every week. Speaking of bonus podcasts, uh, Jeff um, and Jan and I recorded a bonus podcast about what we played over the break that is up on YouTube and also in that same Patreon-exclusive podcast feed, so you can unlock all of those. Also, thank you to Hugo in the community. Um, he designed this shirt, the Deepest Dive t-shirt, which is like the collage of all of the characters from stuff that we've done the Deepest Dive on, and uh, we updated it for 2022. Uh, like a Smash Brothers mural, some would say. So we added all the new Deepest Dives that we have done. So that is available uh, at our merch store, which you can just search MinMax merch. You'll find it there. It's also on our official site, Um, but it's a very cool look. And so it's got Samus right in front and a bunch of other fun stuff there. So you can check that out. All right, that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for being here, for watching or listening. Uh, we're excited about the new year, and thank you to everybody at the Thank You Crew, the $50 tier on Patreon. We're talking new people. We're talking Ted Reiser, DivergeCoffee.com, Fixture Gaming's Fixture S1, I am Eight Bit, Zachary Pliggy, Ludwig Roque, Andrew Ukerwitz, Drew Boronis, Andrew Valla, BeatenElBryan, um, PrettyGoodPrinting.com, John Higby, Lord of the Rings Card Game, Mr. Nomer, Jawar, Hello, Ron with two Ns, Steve Bamdad, Clemens Zobel, Peerbird number six, Starkiller, Spider Dan, Prethamir Yarlagada, General D99 and Chris thanks so much everybody be good have fun let's go